Welcome to the Big MX Radio Indianapolis Supercross pregame show. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with me in in studio here, but via Zoom. Uh, my co-host, they're with me on every single one of these shows. Uh, he leaves without a trace. He came here tonight to get on Denny's case. He is from Race Tech. Give it, give it up for checkers. Chris Riesenberg, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Well, at least I'm here to do the podcast, unlike somebody else, and I'm here to discuss Indianapolis, and it sounds like a lot of people aren't going to be there either. So um, I'm excited to make fun of all those guys for not showing up. No kidding. Yeah, we've got some serious injuries uh, happening as well as some guys who are just, you know what, staying at home, doing some training and maybe focusing on outdoors. Uh, like I said, like you said, we're going to get into that. But also with us on the line, uh, he is the 1990 East Coast 125 Supercross champion. Uh, he's opinionated. He's often wrong. He is Denny Stevenson. Denny Stevenson, welcome, welcome back to the show. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to a great show last week. Uh, Daytona was fantastic as it always is. Tomac uh, laid it down once again. And uh, I'm excited to talk a little, little bit about Indy. And like we talked about some of these guys who uh, these teams have decided to pull the riders off the track. Interesting time we're living in, but round nine. Indianapolis. That is maybe the 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 least of our worries as far as uh, interesting times we currently live in. Um, we could touch on a million things there, but we're only going to touch on Supercross related uh, topics in that regard on this particular show. Um, let's move straight into the Race Tech uh, rapid recap. But before we do that, a quick read about Race Tech. Race Tech Gold Valves basically a revalve in a box. Don't believe me email or call them them up. They have amazing service staff that are extremely knowledgeable. They are trained to help you out. But you know what? You don't have to go straight to uh, California and, and go to the headquarters or or even call the headquarters in order to get service. You could call up uh, someone like uh, uh, PDR Performance out of Mi- Minnesota. They're, they are the suspension tuner for checkers. Uh, one of our, t- one of our, our hosts on this show if they can handle his air wheelie landings, clearly they know what they're doing and you'll be getting your, your suspension done by some people who know. Uh, go to the website, find yourself a dealer that's closer to you. Uh, if you happen to not live anywhere close to uh, Minnesota, get that job done and you will experience plushness, better traction and uh, an increased bottoming resistance as well. Now I'll uh, open the floor to Chris Riesenberg to give us our Race Tech Rapid Recap. That's right. We're going to go back into Daytona to the Super Speedway. Um, Danny, maybe your favorite race of the year. Always entertaining, grueling, challenging, and a unique Supercross. And the king of Daytona, man. Here we go. Tomac is a star for Yamaha inside the oval at Daytona. After struggling and appearing off the pace all day, collects the seventh Daytona win. Brad, what do you think about the, the king of Daytona? He absolutely is the Daytona. He... he uh, t- ties i believe it was richard petty for the most amount of wins at that facility period uh extremely dominant um like the the guy he he always puts himself in a position uh, to take the lead there he rides so well there and honestly i think it was maybe even shales of dale G- dale senior when he is just the absolute intimidator hanging out behind cooper webb he's he's able to uh to take the take the lead at will and ends up racing off with the win love it yeah, definitely cool to see, and then a great race there. And then in the 250 class, can't hunt the hunter. Lawrence snipes the competition, 
never really challenged after dropping Thrasher in the sand and route to his third win of the series. Debo, what did you think of Hunter Lawrence at Daytona? Hunter fucking Lawrence. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a big fan of Hunter and, uh, and I'm also a big fan of putting guys in the dirt and he actually put Thrasher down real quick. Uh, I was very surprised by it. I, I jumped out of the couch because I've, I've been a fan of Thrasher as well. I was actually looking for a really good competitive race between the two and, and Hunter decided to, uh, and that about two corners in, it wasn't really nothing dirty. He just dove to the inside of the sand. I think Thrasher kind of pivoted a little sooner than uh, than Hunter expected. But I, I loved Hunter's uh, you know explanation. He's like, you know what? I didn't really want to eat much sand. There was a lot of sand in that corner, so I just thought I'd go a little under him. And uh, the contact happened, and, and off off Hunter went. Thrasher, you know, rode great, came from the back of the pack. But it's uh, the two to east is Hunter's world, and, and they're all living in it. Right yeah. now. Race smarter, not harder, I guess. Danger Boy puts teammates on high alert. Four races into his Supercross career, he leads his team in points and found himself on the podium. Debo, what about him? I don't know if you can call him a Nebraskan, but I bet you would like to. Well, <clears throat> we'll take credit where credit's due. There's only a couple of us out there. And uh, he's, as long as he's Brian's son, there's some Nebraska blood in there somewhere, born and raised. Uh, we grew up together, obviously, Brian and I did. Uh, I mean, Hayden is doing everything right. I mean, he is not, uh, he's putting together smart rides, consistent rides. We've, uh, we talked about his opening practice day at the Supercross. Um, I forget which round it was, but how kind of erratic he looked. Um, you know, he obviously didn't look great at the futures. It's just gotten better and better. He's getting more confident. I think he's getting more, uh, getting stronger on the bike. And Daytona was a son of a bitch. Uh, I don't think any of us thought he would be the one to hit a podium. And he is now the leader in points between and the star truck uh, between Thrasher and Jordan Smith, which we've joked about in the past. If you can't be the points leader, you better be the points leader in your, in your semi. And those are two great riders to be, to be leading and be third in points. The kid just keeps building, man. It's, it's quite impressive. It's been a fun ride to watch so far. And I guess if you just noticed um, the long awaited and very late appearance of Verbmoto CEO, Troy Dog has joined the building with us. We're stoked to have a special guest. Welcome, Troy. You got to unmute your microphone now, man. Like somebody who whined about all week to try and get on the show, he fucking shows up ten minutes late. Man, no wonder he gets paid minimum wage at Verb. <laughs> I didn't mute myself though. The host just unmuted me, so I feel like it's not my fault. <laughs> not your fault that you're muted, or not your fault that you're super late. Well, you have to show up, you have to show up fashionably late. You have to. <laughs> I got meetings and stuff, you well, know. Welcome to the show at Tro Dog. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you are the first official guest on uh, on the show. So uh, yeah, welcome. And Troy, I couldn't it's find been... I couldn't find my T shirt, but I have my sticker. Danny, so. look, 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 look. Oh man, <laughs> you, you outdid me on that one. Nice work. There's brother. so much well, love in this room right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Troy Dog shirt might be laying beside a portage on at Loretta's where he took his sister. <laughs> yeah you don't want that uh back to the the race tech rapid recap um i'm gonna cooper webb hangs tough webb gets (laughs) six daytona podium in a row he still hasn't won but he's never been off the podium in daytona and he's only raced there on a 450 surprisingly enough Troy Dog, we're going to break you in what did you think of cooper webb at daytona hanging tough right there with tomac for a minute there i thought he was going to get him uh it was pretty pretty close throughout the whole thing and you know how he is towards the end of the races so i thought if this was any other race i feel like 
he could have just got him, but it's it's day Tomac, so I, you're not going to get Tomac there, especially when it's he's going for his uh, seventh win and passing Ricky on the all-time list. So uh, any other time, maybe Coop could have got him, but not at day Tomac. Absolutely, and then. We had a 450 debut of RJ Hampshire, former baseball pitcher. Hampshire comes out swinging, lands a dinger instead of ringing his dinger in Daytona. Hampshire beats his Husky teammate in his 450 debut. Um, Denny, Denny, Christian Craig, you know, he's been held back by that motorcycle. It's just what's holding him back. But a dude who spends a week on it all of a sudden can beat him. What the heck, Denny? What's going well, I, on? I, I huh? think the biggest thing to take from this is obviously uh, my Christian Craig expectations have been a little high. I've tapered them back significantly. Um, but RJ rode great. And I think this is further proof that some of these teams get their head out of their ass and, and realize that there's some great talent on a 280 bike. And unlike your theory that we've argued about, you don't need a 280 Supercross title to uh, to graduate onto the big bikes. You, you can get on a big bike and ride well. But again, we've seen some very, uh, very great debuts on a, on a two, four fifty. We've seen Jason Lawrence. We've seen uh, Jeremy Martin who, who yet never, ever got four fifty rides. So um, we know that RJ is going to be riding a four fifty this coming weekend in Indy uh, completely type, uh, different type of track. So I'm pumped for Ricky James. I'm really happy for him. Uh, he's bust his ass. And the greatest thing is he did not use that friend as a broom. He went out there road solid and put in a great race and, and stayed off the ground. So maybe, maybe it's smart to get on that big bike. Maybe that's where he's going to excel. Uh, should we make a bet about Indy? I think that I'm going to take RJ Hampshire. You want to, you want to take that bet that he beats him again? Craig and Craig and Hampshire yeah. again. Yeah, I'll take it. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, mark that one down. Will you Brad? Yeah. We're not even at the versus questions yet. You guys are jumping the gate on me, but yeah, I, I can definitely put that on the board bet. Uh, that, um, that the Debo owes checkers like 15 bucks already. And the show's five minutes old. <laughs> no, we're not doing 15 bucks. I'm going to make him wear a hat that says Craig is my daddy. <laughs> I, 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 we're gonna leave that one off we're really gonna reach that one <laughs> all right let's back to it top 10 finishers cross the finish line and are finished jay coop and hymas never miss a top 10 in their rookie debuts and they pull in for a pit stop halfway through the season danny go ahead just sound off on this one I'm personally just blown away. You know, I mean, we're in a generation of sport right now and a use of season where uh, teams are pulling the riders off the track for doing well. Uh, I don't understand Chance Hymas's purpose at all. I mean, he uh, he won the, 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 the Futures last year, did a job, had some deep knock finishes, and then now fucking they pull him off the track after winning top 10 at every round and getting better each round. I I cannot fathom what Lars Lindstrom is thinking. I can't think of what Honda's thinking. It, it, I would personally, if this was myself, and I, I could see my dad and I, if they pulled us off the track after this, oh, probably getting losing our job, probably getting fired. It, yeah, I, and, and looking for a new ride for next year. And I think Chance get, could find a ride somewhere. So I don't understand at all. I don't know if he, they're worried about uh, expenses or whatever, trying to save him for outdoors. And Justin Cooper, he wants to win a 250 outdoor title, and maybe he feels like there's an injury prone, but – you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an old man yelling at kids to get off my lawn. We, we raced, man. And if there's a chance to race, you fucking ride. Troy yeah, Dog, weigh in on that one for a, me. Breaking a pit board over a mechanic or a team manager's head if they told you you weren't racing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What do you think about yeah. that one there, Troy Dog? Just about like guys getting pulled off or what? Yeah. Like, uh, it's kind of like the NBA these days. I'd like the guys load doing, management. Uh, you know, no, yeah, no, and like back no, in the no. day, they didn't do that at all. So yeah, I don't know what the deal is with the 
I don't even want to say it, the new generation because I feel like I'm not that old, but like I don't understand it. Like why if you're paid to race, like race, if you're paid to play a basketball game, play a basketball game, like you're there to to do a job. Like we can't just be like, hey, I don't want to go, you know, write this article this week or I don't want to go do my job. So, you know, you have to work. Uh, so just get out there and do your job. Yeah, and I don't even think it's the writer's problem. Obviously, it's not. They don't. I don't think they're want, want to stop. I, I guarantee Chance Hymas is, does not want to sit home on a Saturday and and, uh, and go ride on a, during the week without a race ahead of him. That is clear. The team's uh, orders with Chance. Uh, obviously, Starr said same thing with Cooper. Maybe Justin's more focused on uh, the outdoor title and his upcoming wedding. Uh, who knows? We'll see. Because uh, I'm a little disappointed not to see those guys out there because they're doing really well and. Um, I don't know. I've never seen it before. You know, run top 10 and we're going to go take a break. So outdoors, are we going to start having outdoor only guys? Uh, who knows, man? Crazy. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely pretty insane. I saw um, on social media this week, uh, Chad Reed calling out on the Shimoda thing, like six weeks for a collarbone. And then what is it going to be in there? Six weeks of practicing before you show up and race. Like it just, mm-hmm. it's a different way to look at things of not racing unless you're hundred percent. I mean, I'm going to argue the other side of that a little bit but I don't believe it is you, you come back injured and you stay injured or ding your confidence. But at some point you just need to show up and race and you need to quit being a mental midget, I guess is kind of where I'm at with it, but we can move on and not beat that dead horse. It'll also be a bummer to miss Joey Savacci now um, for the rest of the season as well. And I, I think that yeah. goes a lot to, to, to where wanting to win a two world supercross title. I think that for them as a team is more important. Um, you know, Joey's obviously busted his ass. He got a little banged up. So uh, I, I can understand their focus being more, on a grander scale of things, because that is going to, you know, Joy running eighth probably doesn't do as much for the team as him possibly winning a world supercross title. What do you think, uh, Brad? Well, honestly, like I, it, it bums the hell out of me to see these guys uh, not be racing during these series and I don't think it serves them at all. Um, I, I ultimately, um, you got to put in the laps, you got to get the experience. And um, in the case of a guy like Justin Cooper um, in a pressure-free environment, getting as many gate drops in the 450 class as possible can only help in the fact that he also, he's also going to be riding and racing or not racing, but like riding at uh, at a, like at least 90% clip throughout the week makes no sense to me. Yeah. And he's done great. Hats off to Justin Cooper and his 450 Supercross career. Hell yeah. He's done, he's done phenomenal. And I, I've been impressed. And I think a lot of people are impressed by it. And uh, <clears throat> maybe maybe that's another reason. Star wants to pull him off the uh, off the track so he doesn't get more offers from other teams next season on a 450. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have to be working on signing him up, I would think, for sure. Um, but he did a really, really good job of managing his 450 rookie season, which a lot of guys struggle with as far as just being consistent and keeping it on two wheels. And I mean, being in the top 10 every single weekend is, is really dang impressive. And there was some depth to the field. I mean, it started to thin out now and it's thinning out more because those guys leaving, but uh, it was pretty good. Hey, Brad, is it, is it time to give Troy a surprise? That's what I'm here for. I was just like, I'm kind of thrown into this. I'm like, where's my award? (laughs) It is officially time. I I, like, I, I, I've been waiting for this. I'm excited about this. If if no one can tell, but my tail is absolutely wagging. Uh, It is time to, uh, 
Yeah, to to do a segment with Troy Dog. We're not going to have him for the full show. He's a very busy man, so we're happy to have him for a very short period of time. Uh, but yeah, I, I know this is uh this is near and dear to your heart. Uh checkers, I know you were you're tearing up a little bit putting together your speech, and uh, I give you the floor now to uh to present this. Well, all awards need to be earned. And since you're the CEO of verbmoto.com, which I don't think it's disputed at all that you guys are the kings of amateur motocross media and you guys know everything amateur. So I figured it was a good chance for you to do a little bit of trivia with Troy dog powered by verb moto and pineapple. And we're going to go through here and I put together some great stats from Loretta Lynn's the biggest amateur race in the world. And you should know all the answers to these questions, I think. And if you can get them all right, then you're going to get a, an air wheelie sticker because I know you really want one of those. Yes. Yeah. You probably get a race tech hat. We could probably do that. Okay, and hat. maybe Brad will even send you some stickers too. And I even have, hang on one second. <laughs> it's it's pretty much right for the bride situation. And, and, a, and a case of twisted yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> that's it right there. I'll also give you the rest of this pack of gum. <laughs> okay, but perfect. you have to get all these questions right. So, Brad, I'm going to go ahead and ask the first one, and then you can go from there. Okay, I have $5 perfect. left on a Starbucks card. <laughs> You're lying about that. What yeah, current pro be. rider has raced in 17 classes at Loretta Lynn's, finished in the top 10 overall eight times, but has zero top five overall finishes? Jeff Frizz. I don't know. Like, Okay, first of all, we're the king of all media. But, bro... <laughs> We're king of you, amateur, we're king of pro, we're king of, you know, world championship, world supercross. Don't do this that. Is a, this is a double whammy, though, because this is also the leader of the freaking pineapple squad, Grant Harlan. You oh, don't even know your own riders, Troy. 17 oh, classes? What? Yeah, because a couple like, a year. Oh, okay. So you're doing the... Okay, it's his total that. overall, total finish is at Loretta's. Okay, Can't so you're doing... Like, you said like 17 years that's what i thought you said okay so we're gonna throw that one out if you get the rest of them right you're still eligible are all these answers grant harlan they are (laughs) not all right moving on to question number two what current pro rider also has 17 classes raced in loretta's this rider has seven championships uh, has finished outside has yeah finished outside the top 10 overall six times and has podiumed overall at Loretta's three on three different brands of motorcycle. Who are we talking about? Can I phone a friend or have a lifeline? <laughs> Do you have any friends to call? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna sure Wes knows. I'm going to call my buddy Wes Williams right now. Is that cool? <laughs> yes. Feel free. Okay. He's going to put me to voicemail, but let me see. Hold on. Hold on. He would know this. He better not put the CEO to voicemail. Did you see the jersey that's behind Troy, too? Yeah. One Grant Harlan. It's it's time. Grant should be crushed by this. Yeah. Got a super awesome message on it. If you can read it. 17 different classes, though. That's a good stat. I never wonder wonder who wrote the most classes there. He's had a he's had top fives. What are you talking about? Not overall. Not at Loretta's. But he in motos. Yeah. I think there was only like one in motos. Actually, I did go through and look. His last I dug year. deep into the stats, stats for these. 
But it also goes to show that as we're going through these, that amateur results really don't matter when it goes to pro ranks. I guess we're seeing that a little bit with like Caden Braswell right now. Um, I mean, he's got a long career ahead of him and stuff, but he's struggling making main events right now in a not extremely deep East Coast. He certainly is. And uh, the the Jeopardy music has already run out on uh, question number two. The answer was Hayden Deegan uh, has seven championships, um, has been outside the top five, uh, top 10 only six times and uh, and has, has has won titles on three different brands. That was Hayden Deegan. Moving on to question number three, which current pro motocross racer, pro motocross or supercross racer has 12 overall podium finishes after racing 21 classes at Loretta's over 60%, 66% of the time, uh, finishing inside the top five overall in his class, but only has one championship. Who are we talking about? I think I have no answer. Yeah, do it. I'm going with Eli Tomac. No, Tomac has multiple no. wins at Loretta's. Yeah. You cannot phone a friend, but you can get out a mirror and look behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle Chisholm. So we got one question right. He he's he's well on his way. Okay, so this is not a current rider. Hang on, hang on. My lifeline has said okay. So I can use him, right? (laughs) You might need it for this next one. (laughs) He might you might need it for this next one. What rider, not currently racing, has finished top 10 in 13 of his 15 different classes that he raced at Loretta Lynn's, has three championships, and he's Mr. Eight Top Fives himself? Who is? Who are we talking about? Danny, how many Loretta's championships you got? <clears throat> me? Yeah. I have, I have two. Okay. So that's not me. Okay. I get three. Uh-oh. I'm going to phone my friend here. <laughs> special Actually, appearance. I do have three. Just With a special appearance. Can you hear him? What up, big doggy? <laughs> What's <laughs> up, dude? Hey, uh, you're live on a YouTube show right now. Oh, they finally let you on? <laughs> they let me on. Yeah, and I'm posting an award for this, so it's really cool. Um, they asked wow. me Loretta's questions, and I don't – you've watched every Loretta's moto since um, 1982, so – which means my memory could be foggy for a multitude of reasons, but yeah, I'll try my best. Okay. All right. Okay. All right Should we ask him the the Loretta or the yeah. uh, the second question again? Can you hear them? Yep, I got you. Okay. All right. Yep. Wes Wes Williams. Uh, first of all, I hope you liked my race report from about an hour ago. Secondly, what current pro racer uh, has has raced in seventeen classes? has seven championships, has finished outside the top 10 only six times, and podiumed at Loretta's on three different brands. The three different brands got me. Anderson? Hayden Deegan. <laughs> oh, wow. That one Cobra one throws everybody off, I think. Yeah, It does. All right, last question. Last question. Wes, since you're with us, you can help Troy Dog with the last question. If you guys get it right, then uh, then he does get all the awards that are coming to him. We can probably be talked into giving him to the awards regardless if you get it right or not. 
We'll see. Okay, okay. Well, the pressure's on now. Yes. What current rider has more top 10 finishes this this season than his entire Loretta Lynn's career? His best finish at Loretta Lynn's was a sixth place finish. His best his best Loretta's result and only one rider who beat him uh, racing professionally uh, anywhere. However, uh, he beat a former 250 SX champion, um, multi-time 250 SX winner, and rider in the top. T- this was extremely. Let me written. read this, this one for extremely you, Brad. Bad. I got Matt, you. Alex Trebek just fired your ass. <laughs> yeah. No, it this is-, is that's on checkers because you didn't write this like a person <laughs> in his best Loretta Lynn's result. Only one rider beat him, who beat him is still racing professionally. However, he did beat a former 250 supercross champion, a multi 250 supercross race winner and a rider with top fives already this season that were behind him. And his best result was sixth place. At Loretta Lynn's. Now, yes. Lynn, he has more top tens this season than he's ever had at Loretta's. And and his best finish is sixth this season. No, best finish at Loretta's <laughs> was sixth. Okay. The best finish at Loretta's was a sixth. Yeah. Correct. And he's had more top tens this season. Yes. Grant Harlan? No. <laughs> he was a Would you like to take a guess, Troy? Anstey? No. No. This was a sixth. Our dog didn't get at the reddest, man. Uh, what, what class are we talking? At least give me another. Yeah. Hit. 250. Like at the 250B. Oh. No, what current is the He's current a 250 rider, rider currently. 250 He's a 250 West rider. rider. And his best finish was 250B in six. What year? Yeah, it's impossible. You know, you guys used to run these on Verb all the time about looking at people's Loretta's yeah, results I and trying to guess them. Yeah, so it, I, I, I was not the one that made these. I, I, uh, I actually do play Brad on his freaking stories, and I feel like I do good sometimes, but then other times I do terrible. So, but at least I have like multiple choice. Uh, yeah. With this, it's hard. His his initials are DK. Derek Kelly. Derek Kelly. Wow. Ding, 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 ding. Wow. Well, we should know one of your riders bad. after we give you pretty much That's everything cool about life. him. <laughs> yeah. Wow. At Loretta's. That's yeah, not cool. an amateur killer, but killing it this year. This year. That's great. No, no. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, one answer was Grant Harlan. One answer was I, Derek Kelly. So. I mean, yeah, I was thinking that I – Grant could have gotten six at Loretta's. That's all I was thinking. So I get the trophy. I thought there was going to be a Justin Starling question. You can't read it that says you're the best. Wes, I got a trophy, though. That's all that matters. Like, they gave it to me. Nice. You still got it, even though we didn't get it, huh? No, we got it. It's uh, actually a trophy for best um, CEO ever. So. Oh, good job, dude. I mean, you are, man. Thank you so much for everything you do. Hey, no problem, Wes. Anytime. I appreciate all, all the hard work that you do, you know? I, Crane and I are sitting down right now to freaking edit a bunch of freaking freestyle videos. So um, I I have like 14 layers of dirt on me. Yes. And, uh, I filled up a Starbucks coffee from this morning with hotel coffee. So I'm I'm set. Did you get a it PBJ? Looked, it looked uh, cold there today, Wes. I, I 
didn't buy PBJ today. We bought turkey and bread and, and, and mayonnaise. I almost got PBJ, but then I, I decided that then we would have to buy uh, like plastic oh, knives and, and everything yeah. to like do that. And then like napkins. Yeah, and so I was like, yeah. I just felt, I felt going turkey and mayonnaise and bread was the easiest route. And not on the budget, but we'll make it work, you know. Thing. I mean, hey, man, yeah. you gave me. Okay, Wes, Wes, he made up for it by buying the cheapest on-sale waters. Oh, okay, <laughs> we're good then. I mean, what what are we supposed to do, Troy? You gave us $35 for the week. I know. I'll, I'll I'll dip into my funds. I'll get you some more wired over, so we're good. Hey, man, I appreciate that. Thank you. What's up, Crane? What's happening, Troy Dog? Appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. I'm glad they finally let you on the show, dude. I know, I know this is crazy. Done. I know that was really stressing me out yeah. last time you were barking orders at us. I know. And Danny's wearing my sticker, too. And it's awesome. Oh, that's, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, Checkers and Brad, for letting Troy be part of your world. He, uh, yeah. He needed that. I did. Keep up the good work down there at Grassroots Verb Moto uh, amateur coverage and make sure that, that race tech ads run real good on Verb. Stay yeah. warm, boys. It looked cold out today. Yeah. All right, boys. Sorry we couldn't help. That was a terrible lifeline. You did not win a million dollars. No, it, it, I won my trophy. That's all that matters, bro. Perfect. All right, man. Well, all right, dudes. We'll talk to you later on. Thanks. Yeah. See ya. And just like it. most podcast trivia games, that was an absolute disaster. By the way, I don't know if we ever revealed to you the answer of question number four was Denny Stevenson. Yes. Yeah, I forgot I, I had that third title. Yeah. I forgot I won that third title. I have one plus 25B title that I won't shut up about, and you're forgetting titles? Fuck you, Denny. (laughs) So so I was right. I was right. It shows how how relevant it was in my world. But, no, I love Loretta, so uh, good trivia. Always a good time. And, yeah, that last year, I won uh, two in the schoolboy classes one year, and then uh, my last year there in 88, I beat, uh, I think, Larocco Kajowski for the 2T pro title. So that was uh, a good one to turn pro on but back in 88 hell i ran supercross and nationals too so it was a different world back then no big deal just beating kadrowski and larocco no problem yeah no big deal yeah larocco just going on to become uh the rider who accumulated the most amount of points ever in ama motocross history and still technically reigning 500 national champion he's a badass he was definitely a badass so i I think when we turned all turned pro in 88 89 that uh I think we changed the, the curve of the sport at that time. So, um, I think well so. Done, definitely. Absolutely. All right, Troy dog. So that, that's all we had for you. And you can hang out a little bit longer if you'd like chime in on a few things or we can cut you loose. Uh, it's kind of, kind of bedtime, but yeah, I, I appreciate the time. I don't, you know, I appreciate the, uh, the award. I hope it gets, you know, sent here on time. It's kind yes. of important on my mantle. Priority so. post, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I will. If, if you let me, maybe a couple weeks, come on again. Yeah. Try again. Do some more trivia. Another <laughs> okay. trophy. You better do your homework. I think time. I think we need to do a uh, a Troy Dog versus Denny trivia. Yeah. So yeah. Well, he definitely not Loretta though. Any other sport I can do, but maybe maybe hockey. <laughs> Basketball. I don't know. Ooh, if we hockey, can let you, you guys do not want to face me in hockey. There's been eight million riders through Loretta Lens, and you expect me to pinpoint just like four riders. They were yeah. your guys. Yeah, I got him. <laughs> I got him. There, my guys. Yep. See, yep. they were riders. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> ironic thing at all. They were literally handed it on you on a silver platter. I never even considered that. But yeah, you should have you should have yeah. noticed the tone that was going to theme. 
I, I didn't even I'm, know. I'm awesome. sending you some of these Big MX Radio stickers. Uh, and then also anyone who's in the comments right now who would like some, uh, yeah, uh, let me know. And I will also uh, mail you guys some stickers. So I got way too fucking many of them. Once I figure out how to mail to Canada, I'll get some those. Money. Yeah. Troy Dog's racing a 252 stroke up here in Canada. Full season. You heard it here first. Troy Dog, appreciate the time, man. All right, dudes. Thanks for having me. Good talking to you guys. And, uh, well, you aren't going to be an indie, but I will be. So that's my next step. I'm going to indie. So. Have a great yep. weekend, right. brother. Good time. Pack light. Guys. See you. Cheers. Cheers. We're going to indie too. Who's going to indie? This podcast show right now. Well, we're going live. We're going next up. I loved, I loved indie, man. We used to go there all the time, obviously, for the trade show with uh, when I was at Smith and I think I, I think I ate like a king for a week, taking out all the reps, parts reps, and uh, St. <laughs> Elmo's, and uh, it was just unbelievable. The food's, food's great. Indy's a great city, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. So if you're going, enjoy yourself. I'll Denny, you, do you some. recall your best finish at, uh, at Indy? I, I, I don't, but I'm looking at our high, our uh, stats here, and I see I got a 12th, which is which is ironically a 96, which I was basically just out kind of riding around in 96 with my great Western team, and I already had a bad thumb. I was just kind of going through the motion. So if that was my best year, uh, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, they didn't race the there back I... when you won the title. Um, and they, they came onto the series with the RCA dome in two, in 1992. And yeah, you had some like 18th, 19th. And then, uh, yeah, when you're, you least expected pulled, just pulled a 12th out of your ass. Yeah. But one of the first times I ever raced, uh, like, you know, pro race was, uh, remember those old Mickey Thompson ultra crosses. Right. Wasn't it was was up in Indy. You know, we ran the, the, the truck truck track, car tracks backwards. Um, and it was up there in Indy. I did battle with Jim Holly and the Volan brothers and all that shit. And uh that I remember going up there with my dad, it was cold as shit. But yeah, Indy's a great time. A lot of years up there. Absolutely. So next up, presented by BigMXRadio.com. Brand new podcast coming out every week. Tomorrow we have a brand new podcast with none other than Jared Lesher, the two-stroke smoking guy himself, uh, brought to you by FMF. He uh, he is uh, a great conversation with him, 40 minutes long of him and I just going through all the trials and tribulations of being a Supercross privateer. I already mentioned that Denny Stevenson's best finish ever at uh, in Indianapolis was the RCA Dome. I'm sure he probably did a little bit better at one of those Mickey Thompson uh, events, uh, but that might not have been as deep of a field. Those are actually very interesting events, and maybe at one point we need to kind of dive into what that's all about. But we're 35 minutes into the show and running behind schedule. We are late, very late for a very important date, and that is breaking down the entire Supercross coming up. We first raced here at the RCA Dome back in 2000, or 1992. We raced there until 2008, the same place where I believe it was Trey Kennard picking up his second Supercross win ever in the 250 class right after his first race uh, where he was able to win the first three Supercross races he ever raced on an en route to his championship in his rookie season in 2008. 2009, we switched things over to where we are, are currently at, uh, where we had a residence in 2021 where Ken Roxon, this does not, this feels like a lot more than two years ago. Uh, Ken Roxon got one, not two, but three wins in a row. The span of eight days, he won three Supercrosses, Back to back to back, uh, sweeping those three rounds. That that feels like a long time ago for a lot of uh, Ken Roxon fans. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's gonna. It's like Den, Denny. 
Like how long ago does that feel that Ken Roxon won those three races? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, that, that's one thing I've always said, or, or Rick Johnson told me back uh, years ago, told my dad, dad and I celebrate every win like it's your last because it could very well be your last. You never know what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, remember in Ken sweeping Indy was, uh, it seems like a while back as we uh, have now, uh, was we ride with him to the to his Suzuki years once again. So, um, which I don't think we'll see a win on that yellow bike, but uh, you never know. It is super cross. Not even close. I would be surprised if he's in the top five. Personally, he's fifth in points, but I don't think he's been the fifth best guy this year, not, uh, not by any stretch. This is a basic five-lane five uh, track layout. Uh, pretty cookie cutter uh, by, by all accounts. Uh, if you understand how the, the entrance works as far as loading bikes in and out for Indy goes, they pretty much always have this sort of start where this goes across the three lanes or four lanes uh, and then hooks a right-hand turn uh, or left-hand turn, rather. Um, there's one long set of whoops, about 20 yards long. That should give some guys some problems, especially uh, given the fact that Indy is a track that often breaks down I don't know if that's always still the case. We've certainly had some that are, are pretty hard pack. I feel like that's a a narrative that's been carried forward since like 2000 or 1996 um, that just it never really gets shook just because that's sort of what it was known for. And even though sometimes it's not that way, uh, the this track sort of gets uh, labeled that way. But again, we have a very short start. Um, and just on track layout alone, I feel like I need to toss this ball over to Checkers, who um, is kind of like, if I if I look closely, you can actually see some steam coming out of his ears. I definitely wasn't paying attention to it, anything you were saying. I was looking for Perfect. some uh, reference for Indy to see how wet it was. I saw... Corey um, from Dirtworks had posted some stuff and it looked really, really soft from the, from the loader ruts. So I was actually okay. looking for that. So I have a good excuse. It's a, it's a similar track that we had at Tampa. I think, you know, the start shark store uh, start is short. Uh, there's a big end of the stadium. Uh, about a third of the stadium is used up by that. The lane's a little bit shorter. I thought Tampa was a great track. Um, Checkers obviously hated it. Um, so what do you think of this similar track? Well, the, do you think it'll break down the same? It's it's it's. What it's, do you think about that on-off section at the at, like the the two ends of the track are exactly the same? It's it's a a left-hand turn into step on, step off, and then a ninety. I don't. Well, I, there's I, a couple I, things I, um, about. I see those nothing that, going on there. To make them work, ninety-degree turns typically suck. If they roll it out on the inside to where you can't get onto the tables. And then you have to go off the front of the table and they make it steep. It can push guys to have to use the outside, which leaves the door open potentially for passing. So hopefully they do something like that. The one big difference from Tampa is they turn before the start straight and the start's not angled as much. So they get that extra 180 bull turn with a section in and out of the corner, which I think should help the racing a little bit because the hard part with the Tampa thing, the 180 bull is nice, but when you're going in and out on a straightaway that, you know, you're, you're able to cut the inside to not let the guy block past you coming in. And you don't have to carry the speed coming out into an obstacle, like to triple into a section. So you can stay super low in the bull turn and it just really eliminates passing in those situations. So uh, hopefully we'll see the breakdown. I mean, I think it's going to be, it's gotta be something you look at is if it's soft, it's going to be a Cooper web type track because they're going to be moving down those berms as the ruts start to form up. And um, you know, Tomac's obviously good as the tracks break down and the big question mark becomes, Chase Sexton, your third title contender, can he adapt to the changing track conditions? Because that has been his problem time after time after time is late in these races. He's not able to find new lines as well as the other guys and adapt. 
Certainly. That's been something that's bit him in the past. And uh, this time last year, he found himself on the outside looking in of the top three, although uh, he's been basically pretty much uh, solidified in that top three spot uh, for the majority of this season so far. Um, so last year's last year's results, you had Tomac followed by Barstra, which if he got a, 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 a second this weekend would be his season best. Uh, Marvin Muscan rounded out the podium, followed by Sexton and Webb. So you had your usual suspects up front, and I expect more of the same to uh, this weekend. And just as a note, if you're wondering if RJ Hampshire goes well, maybe if you're alive in Super in uh, Supercross uh, Survivor and you're looking for somebody to uh, to elongate your ability to stay in that game. He's had some success in the past, not saying that it's going to totally translate to him keeping on on two wheels this weekend. But RJ Hampshire does have a podium in the 250 class just this last year. All right. Now on to our next segment brought to you by MXD360.com, the website where all you by signing up 12 bucks, all it is to sign up for an awesome fantasy game. And for that, uh, for that $12, you are also signed up to win the King's gear. The King, of course, is the King of Supercross, Jeremy McGrath. Number 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 two in your program, probably number one in your hearts, especially if you watch Supercross and Motocross in the 90s. He was overly dominant and an absolute superstar. Put Motocross and Supercross on the map. You can win a set of gear right off of his back. And obviously, it's going to be a brand new set of gear from TLD. I don't, I wouldn't imagine anyone would put it on and go ride with it, but it's going to look great in your rec room as long as your wife lets you put up on the wall. All right. So we're going to have some rapid fire questions. Checkers, are you ready? Absolutely ready. I'm also ready for the Moto X Dream MXGP series that's kicking off um, this weekend on Sunday and it's free F R E double E to play. Um, I'm not very good at knowing a lot about the GPs, but I do watch them all. Um, and I'll, I'll play though, and I'll still beat Denny. <laughs> their their television package is actually quite inexpensive as well. I was surprised to see that it's only uh, for Canadians. It's only one hundred and fifty six dollars, and I believe that translates to one hundred and thirteen dollars US. So just around six dollars uh, per per event, and you can watch that uh, thing go down. And for those who are also curious about this weekend, as far as you don't know what time zone Argentina is on, they are actually on Central Time. Uh, so uh, that race will go on uh, no different than your average Supercross. So if you don't want to watch race day live, if you don't want to completely waste your time with race day live uh you can watch those races and they'll probably be pretty entertaining on the saturday all right so checkers indianapolis always reminds me uh of the now debunked indie trade show any stories from that i know you probably attended either with uh one of your, uh, your former job with uh with rainbow studios or uh um with your current job over with race tech uh or have, did you ever go to the indie supercross and end up uh celebrating uh with denny stevenson uh even if he didn't win well i've actually met uh my good buddy devin raper at indianapolis it was happened to be gilmore's and his birthday weekend and Gilly. so we went out on the town and that was a, that was a great time but there's really nothing super exciting or fun from from that story that that to share but I do have an indie trade show one that I might turn a little red because it's pretty embarrassing, but I just started at race tech, maybe a, a year into it. And we traveled there and I'm actually stayed in a hotel room with the owner of the company. And after being at the show all day and standing at a booth, talking and talking and talking, and they're not really all that entertaining to work a booth at um, when you're stuck in your booth and can't wander. Um, but it was the Dallas supercross in, I believe it was 2009 when Reed had passed Villapoto and, was going on a run and when he cartwheeled over the bars and broke his leg, but we yes. had all gathered um, 
the now defunct Transworld Motocross had everybody out with a open bar tab and watching Supercross, and I, I was in heaven because this was fairly new to me, and I was fairly young, and and clearly was young and dumb because I took full advantage of the uh, the open bar, and I didn't realize that. <laughs> Beware, folks! If you're going to Indianapolis, bars don't close at two o'clock in the morning. So it's about 1.55 and I'm like, oh crap, it's going to be last call. And I grab a couple of my buddies and I, we go up to the bar and I'm like, we, we need six shots of Jaeger and, you know, two for each of us because it's last call because it's a great idea. Well, we get the shots and one of my buddies says, ah, I'm not going to take them. My other buddy that uh, uh, Tony Wink that you might know, Denny, um, that used to own a racetrack down in Iowa goes, all right, well, we'll do them all. So we go one. We go two, we go three, and then, well, it's not cl- closing time yet, so we hang out for a little, and then order a drink and hang out for a while. I get back, and I wake up the next morning, and I'm not feeling good at all. Um, before I take my shower, I, I visit the porcelain god real quick, and then I come out, and I get ready and get to the show, and, and Paul, the owner, looks at me. I was on time because I that was the one thing I never would do is be late, and he goes, did you have a good time last night? And I said, yeah, I did. He's like, man, what were you drinking? It must have been super sweet because <laughs> I think it smelled a Red Bull coming off me. Um, but, yeah, it was a great first impression, I guess. That was the first time we had stayed together. Um, so beware if you're going to Indianapolis, bars close at uh, 4 a.m. and not at 2 a.m. in Indianapolis. And there's a White Castle there, and that's uh, and a Red Garter. The White Castle was always a great place to visit about 3 a.m., yeah. And I, I think if anyone's ever done the Indy Trade Show, <clears throat> they have felt that exact pain, Checkers. So uh, you do not stand alone, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So that was not rapid fire. Sorry. <laughs> that That is totally fine. We're, we allow it every once in a while. Uh, pretty loose rules here uh, on the pregame show. Debo, this is, might be an easy, uh, hard question for you to answer. You might not even have an answer for it, period, because of the state of the, si- the situation right now. But who has the best team look for 2023 of course mitch payton and uh, his uh peak team came out in, two, in 1992 uh with a uh, basically like revolutionary look that basically had all his riders in, in the same look very like team tam did the same thing uh years prior but they also didn't pay anyone um but uh like since then we've had many teams come out with a very unified look uh and today we have multiple teams that do so so who in 2023 has the best team look whether it's star pc huskvarna or gas gas or one of the other privateer teams that uh, come dressed to impress well i think it's something we discussed even on our text thread that um um yeah the peak was incredible back in the day 1991 i believe was the year i, I yeah. moved up to 250 and and bud man has shifted over to his peak and uh, those bikes were phenomenal mitch really took control of that whole scene and he did the same at cowie when they were doing the chrome bikes uh, with Troy Lee doing a lot of the artwork for them. But uh, right now, I really like, you know, Troy Lee is, is, is an incredible artist. You know, he, uh, uh, the master back in the 90s, if you get a Troy Lee painted helmet, you were, you had arrived. And I think he does a great job. I think the gas gas bikes look phenomenal each and every week. Uh, they have the unique sponsorships. Um, the gear looks solid. Uh, but, you know, even look at Alpine Star, you know, they, they don't really sponsor a full team, but uh, I think that they have a very unique look each and every week. And, you know, I love good style and, you know, we like we all do. And um, unfortunately, I didn't have to wear that tight gear that they wear today. I mean, I was I was only probably 130 pounds. I probably could have got away with it. But, um, 
you know, gears, it's, it's, it's changed over the years. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think Barsh's butts ever look so big in a pair of pants as he does in a release sometime, but I really dig the gas gas look. And uh, yeah, it's his butt that looks big. Yeah. That Adidas, uh, you know, seat that they've had from over the years. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm digging those gas gas bikes this year and, and the look overall. I haven't really dug with Fox has been kind of putting out uh, so much this year. Uh, it's been a little different, a little bit more, not a little more plain, but, uh, and Thor's actually look pretty good. I like that blue on the bikes. I just don't like the black Yamahas. Like the Yamaha's meant to be blue. They put too much black on them. Um, yeah, I don't love that. I think star star always gets a couple of points off for me, not being more blue. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know what? And then, uh, for whatever reason, pro circuit is more Kawasaki than ever. If you look at their graphics, they are, they're more green than ever. They used to do like uh, all black, uh, side plates. And then for, for one year, I think they actually did like all green, everything. I thought that looked really, really good, but, um, but I digress. I could just drool over the, the, the cosmetics of motocross all day long, but at, at one point you need to drop your lap times and go win some races. Checkers. What are your thoughts on select privateers who have, after the main event, they clearly do not have the fitness to go full race pace the entire main event. Well, it's super common when guys start to make their first main events because they put so much time and effort and energy into just making the main event. What you start to see is once they consistently are making the main events, they start to realize that's not the goal anymore and better results are the goal, at least typically. Those are the guys that potentially could become a Weston Pike type story where they work themselves into getting a ride or can build their own program consistently. But I have no problem with it. I'm not one of the guys that throws a fit. If a guy is good enough to make the main event and that was their goal and they accomplish it and they go out and ride around and throw whips and they should be doing knack-knacks, I'm all good with it. I don't have a problem with it at all. Um if you want to further your career and try to get on a factory team though, you need to be in shape and ready to deliver. Certainly. Honestly, it wasn't super uncommon for, especially guys who used to double class it to get into the main event and, and just sort of ride around and, 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 put more of their eggs in one basket or the other. Um, and yeah, like the rate uh, going full pace during a main event is no, it's no joke. What are your thoughts on that, Denny? Well, we ran 20 laps, you know, back in the day, 20 lap main events. And, you know, those are pretty gnarly. And these 20 minute plus one, one lap main events. Um, I mean, they're putting what sometimes they're 28 25. laps. Yeah. It, it's gnarly. Uh, so I, I might take my hat off to them. And especially with the four fifties, the way the tracks uh, are breaking down and they're still launching, you know, uh, a, a rhythm section and three leaps hats off to these guys, they're iron men and just getting a main event. Like checker said, great example of these guys, some of these guys, that's what they train for. They train for the heat. They train for last chance qualifier. And then come the main event, they're like, holy fuck, 20 minutes is a long time. And these guys, the track's broken down. Um, you know, again, I always like to, to, to be the old man, yell at the kid to get off my lawn. But these guys right now are some of the best athletes in the world again. And those main events, 20 minutes plus one lap, just surviving it. As we've seen, the best riders struggle on these tracks when they start breaking down. So hats off. Certainly. Well, just, All right. Just the stress oh. too of, you know, I go back to my oh, yeah. Anacross days and when I first was making main events and stuff, just the stress to get through an LCQ or get a qualifying spot was mentally draining. So by the time I got to the line for the main event, I had no You're emotionally drained. drive left. I yep. was literally just completely drained and um, those tracks are dangerous if you're not focused by any means. So I think, again, if you consistently start making mains, like we've seen with guys like Cade Clayson last year, he started making mains and then all of a sudden he was, the field was thinning too, but his results were getting better. Um, as he started to realize I'm a man, more than just a main event guy. I am a top 15 guy or, or stuff like that. Yeah. Got himself Carmichael, a top 10. As Carmichael said during one of the broadcasts, and I think we've all said it, you know, when people are watching the last chance qualifier, 
these are the these are the best riders in your state. Like don't they would show up at a local and whoop your ass. And it just oh, yeah. shows and then yet they're struggling on the supercross track. And that just shows how fucking gnarly it is. I mean, these guys are are the baddest of the bad. And uh yeah, and and, and they are. There's a group of about six or seven of them that I know when they're racing in a main event, I can sense that you know they want to get a spot. And so here come they come around to lap them. And sometimes they're like, Man, I I I'm the difference between if I slow down and let two guys pass, you know, two guys lap me, I might lose that pack I was racing with. And so, um, and I've been that place before when I was wrapping up 95, 96 and stuff, when um, you start getting lapped by, you know, McGrath and guys like that. And, and uh, you, you don't want to give up the spot, but sometimes it's like, whoo, I could take a quick breath here and roll through this section or this corner. Um, again, baddest of the bad, man. These guys are fucking insane and, uh, and they're surviving week in, week out. Denny, did you ever get lapped by McGrath on this on the last lap and like see him do a, a knack knack either in the air with you or right in front of you? Uh, nothing like the one we saw was that uh, who's that buddy that did that at, at uh, Matt Burkeen? Matt Burkeen at Unadilla, yeah. Um, no, a- actually, when Fro won St. Louis, I he had lapped me like just that last corner and I went over the finish line behind him. So I always, I always joked that I'd gotten second that night uh, behind Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. So Denny, did, did Justin Cooper do enough to be considered for top, uh, like the 450 rookie of the year this season? Uh, every single race he was in, he was in the top 10. Um, other 450 rookies include uh, uh, Colt Nichols and RJ Hampshire because Christian Craig says he is not a rookie. Well, if he was, he'd be getting beat by uh, Justin Cooper right now, apparently. But uh, I think that uh, Cooper did great. But, you know, he didn't ride a full 18 round, 17 round season and Colts put in the races. If Colts survives all 17 rounds, starts getting consistently in the top 10. I think uh, I think Cole Nichols w- would be your, your obvious uh, rookie of the year. Although Justin did great. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. Uh, hats off to him. But uh, 17 rounds is a hell of a lot gnarlier than five. And I think that's about what Justin's put in so far. So, uh that's pretty much my answer. Colt Nichols, rookie of the year. You're wrong. Fair enough. There's yeah, no good off of points, and it's wrong. The impression <laughs> that Cooper left is much bigger than Nichols, unless Nichols starts to ride like he did at Anaheim one again. Not Cooper. Yeah, Martin. he needs to get back to that big time. All right. Uh, up next in in a in a segment brought to you by airwheeliesonly.com. And yes, that is a real website. This is the versus challenge questions series total so far. We've got Denny Stevenson with five answers correct, which means he's often wrong. And then you have checkers who with eight questions correct a one uh, a, a one point uh extension of his lead from last weekend they tied on a few where they actually agreed with each other which actually made me sick to my stomach uh boys we're gonna jump straight into these are you guys ready put your gloves absolutely. on absolutely all right so two idiots enter only one prevails um going right off the hop with our versus questions we have jason anderson versus justin barsha who finishes better than who this weekend Checkers, I'll let you go first. Without a question, it's Jason Anderson. He's been fast all year. He hasn't gotten the results that he's wanted. He's going to turn it around. Plus, the track's going to get rough, rutted, and gnarly. And I flash back to the the Oakland race when Roxon was trying to get his first win back with his broken arm. And Anderson, on the last lap, the track is just completely hammered, is pulling stuff out no matter what because he's comfortable being uncomfortable. Plus, there's going to be ruts in the corner. Barsha's going to be trying to go over the ruts and T-bone guys going to be in cross it all over the place. I am out on Justin Barsha because Jason Anderson is going to stomp him in Indy. Well, first of all, 
first of all, fuck checkers uh, trying to agree with me last week. He purposely, purposely agreed on two questions just to avoid being wrong. Where me, <laughs> I'll just argue with the son of a bitch just to argue with him. So I don't really care about the win-loss record. As long as I get to argue with checkers, it's a successful five minutes. Um, wow, Justin Barsha hauled ass last week. I mean, I think he caught a lot of us by surprise. He definitely caught Chase Sexton a couple of times surprised, but he almost landed on him. Um, I was really impressed. I think everyone was impressed that uh, Justin's had a very solid, consistent year. Uh, he, he's put only a third of the people down. I think he does usually by this time in the past. Uh, and, and, and Anderson, I think if they get together, I think Barsha can take Anderson simply in the fact that Jason will be so worried about trying to knock Justin down and Justin will be trying to chase Sexton down. Cause I feel like now, now Sexton is now on Barsha's radar um, accidentally, but I'll go Justin Barsha. I have no problem with that. I think that he is right into his own a little bit each weekend and Anderson's just kind of doing the same thing. So uh, like you asked me about the good looking bikes, I'm going gas, gas, taking down that monster into Kawasaki 51 over the 21 in Indy. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll make note of that. And, uh, and I'm going to basically just add a correct answer to checkers pile right now. Um, Jordan Smith versus Jeremy Martin battle of the, uh, veterans of the 250 East class who finishes better than who Debo, I will let you go first. Uh, well, checkers, I know what he's just going to say, Jordan's going to crash, which let's be honest, about 75% of the time he's right. Uh, I thought Jmart would do a little bit better at Daytona. He seemed to be riding pretty, pretty reserved. Uh, he made a couple. He was mistakes. very invisible. Yeah. You know, he, he got pulled away from when he was in a group of group guys. I thought he could run with, uh, he made a couple of mistakes in corners. Uh, he was, he looked good in that white gear, honestly, with that FXR white stuff, which I didn't, I kind of forgot club club's got a good look on their team as well with the white Yamahas a little bit. Uh, but back to that, I think that Jordan Smith, I think he just wants it right more in Supercross right now. I think he's a Supercross only guy with star. I'm not 100% positive on that. I think J-Mart is going to the motions a little bit just to get to the season healthy, get some time on the bike, and then uh, unload his fury in the outdoors. So I'm going Jordan Smith for Indy over the J-Mart. I figured you would go that direction. And um, I think that J-Mart at Daytona just put too much pressure on himself because he was, you know, he had these high expectations and he was all hyped up and he's, he was doing better at the beginning of the year when he was just riding and, you know, going through the motions, happy to be there, making sure he's finishing the races so he can get to outdoors. I think he'll be back to that mode in Indianapolis, which will benefit on a track like that. That is so dang demanding. And yeah, you said it. I'm going to say exactly that. The track's always demanding and challenging in Indianapolis. Jordan Smith doesn't know where the limit is to slow down. And he's most likely going to end up finding the dirt because he makes mistakes every single time. It, it's just, Time and time again, it's a broken record. You know what you have with Jordan Smith. So give me Jeremy Martin for just being consistent and the little engine that could. I like it, boys. Uh, the the arguing is it needs to heat up a little bit. I don't know if I can like uh, like send some shot callers over to you guys to get you guys jazzed up for the weekend. Uh, but this might just do it. Ken Roxon versus Aaron Plessinger, two guys who honestly they both need to improve their results this weekend. Which one of them is going to finish better than the other? Checkers, I'll let you take the four first. Oh, we're going to do it for Dale, baby. It's almost a hometown race for Aaron Plessinger. Let's go. He's going to be fired up. He's going to kill it. Coming out in opening ceremonies with his cowboy hat on, the crowd going nuts. It completely motivates him. He will be right at home in Indianapolis. And, I mean, Ken Roxon, it's the second half of the season. We know what we're going to get there. I've seen it time and time again. And, I mean, there's there's I have no no other argument needed for that other than 
Aaron Plessinger is going to be fired up in Ken Roxon. It's the second half of the season. I can't believe you're going to make me argue for Ken right now, but I will yes. because I'm not a pussy like Checkers and we'll just go, eh, I'm just going to go with him. So fuck you again, Checkers. Uh, Ken Roxon on his worst day is usually better than Aaron Plessinger on his best day. I think we all can agree that even on a, on a 2018 yellow sled that he's been racing this year, um, he's, he's had one bad race that was significantly bad. He actually didn't ride that bad at Daytona. He, uh, he's got, had some good practice times, had some good heat races. He hasn't quite put together a complete solid main. Um, I would say just, you know, the last couple of weeks, but I, I think Roxon again, I, I, again, on his worst day, I think he is still better than Plessinger on his, not necessarily AP's best day because he's been riding really well. And I am a, a Plessinger fan, so I don't want to insult him by just arguing about this with for checkers. But uh, I, I got Kenny. I'll take Kenny in that bike. I'll take Kenny about fifth in Indy, and I'll have uh, Plessinger about seventh. That's I'm going to even give you numbers this time. Ooh. It's good to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to our next one. Overall for the series, so we're going to have to wait a little bit to be able to tabulate this one properly, but two guys who are uh, not having the results that they want anyway, uh, what, and for different reasons. Chris Blose, because he's uh, he's about my age and he's about 35 years old, racing in the, the little bike class uh, on, a, on a, a factory bike that he's only been on for, I guess, about six weeks now. He should be acclimated, but the reality is, is he did actually hang up the boots uh, after Supercross last year, raced some World Supercross, got himself hurt at, uh, at Paris Supercross, um, and now he's been back. And you have Chris Blose and versus mosman for the rest of the the season debo i'll let you take this one honestly i don't know even know which way you're going to lean because both these guys are honestly like like blows on a lesser extent but neither one of these guys is happy about how their finishes have been so far well we've been uh well first of all uh, checkers told when, when we first got word he first got word that uh blows was gonna be riding that pro circuit kawasaki he texted on the thread verbatim he will have multiple top fives. No, the year. It's one top five. Multiple top fives, he said. Multiple. I'll, I'll send you the screenshot. It's one. I write Mr. Mr. Eight goes, top fives himself. Multiple top fives, he one. said. Close will have. And, I, and he goes, I will bet anyone. And you know me and checkers. So I said, I got the phone and said, again, fuck you, checkers. I'll take that bet right now that he will not even have one top five. It has nothing against Blows, but his best days on were top fives that all of a sudden he was going to clip up a switch, even though he's in, I felt he was in kind of retirement mode after uh, a, a great off season and a great career, which he deserved. Um, but Moseman, wow. I think it's funny. I felt like we were kind of the first guys that, to jump on the Moseman, where the hell you've been bandwagon a uh, couple last two weeks on our show. And then after the show ended last week, I read somewhere, somebody tweeted about the fact that, uh, that swap moto had said that, Mosem had, had fractured his neck during the off season. And I'd said, Oh, no, that makes sense. Cause we had said, is he, is he hiding an injury? What is going on? Uh, he's definitely not the same rider. We, we, we came in. They the still downplay it though. Like Will Hahn well, was on even... the show earlier this week. And it's not like he was like giving a lot of like excuse for that injury. He's sort of just like, yeah, he had that, but he's clearly not where he wants to be. But I heard that, 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 you know, that he had gotten hurt. And then, yeah, it seems like the rest of Moto Media got on, got word of Mosman hasn't lived up to his hype for the last month, and all of a sudden decided, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, in Racer X, whether it be Pulp, whether it be all of a sudden Ricky was talking about it, Blair was talking about it, and I'm all of a sudden now thinking, well, didn't I just read that he came out when he had a fractured neck? Yet none of the other media now is paying attention to that. 
nonetheless, Moseman, wow, he had a rough weekend in Daytona again. I thought we were going to see something good from him. He's definitely struggling on the bike. Um, I'm not going for blows because I know that's going to be Checker's guy. Checker's can have him. I'm going Moseman on that gas gas. Good looking bike. And he's about time to turn this shit around because uh, it's a good thing he's had a two-year contract. Otherwise, he'd be looking for a ride at Bar X Suzuki or something. Ooh. The fact that we're even debating this tells the story right there, though. I mean, we shouldn't be talking about Moseman versus Blos, who was legitimately retired. He was not planning on racing yeah. this year. He turned down a team to go racing this year because he was done. The only reason he's back is because it's an opportunity to ride a factory motorcycle that he got on a week before the season. So a dude that rode a factory bike for the first time a week before the season, who's never had a factory ride in his life, is battling with someone who we had as a title contender going into this who also just completely matted himself in Daytona. Um, the wheels are off the Moseman wagon right now. And here's the one thing. Blos is going to continue to push through and continue to deliver. Daytona is not his strongest place. Guess what? He ended up in seventh place. I said he would have one top five before the end Multiple. of the year. I still believe he will have one multiple. top five before the end of the year. And I also believe he'll stay in. I still think he's going to get multiple top fives. Like he should. He's a former winner in this class. He has like, not won in this class. He's never been on the podium, actually. His best finish is a 450. Oh. He's also gotten a fourth in the 450 class. I thought we were talking well. about Mosman. Yeah. No. But no. Um, Blos, Blos is still a top five. He could be a top five guy. In this class, he absolutely, he could be. A top five. He's a very talented racer. But the thing is, he's going to be there every single week. He's a veteran. He doesn't make the big mistakes. Moseman might have, or doesn't might, he does have more speed. He shouldn't have a troubles beating Blos, but he doesn't have the consistency to beat Blos. At the end of the series... At this point, Moseman's already lost too many points. He needed to be putting ahead of him. He's inconsistent. He's banged up. Blos is going to beat him in the points. I have no question in my mind. Have you looked at the points? I'm literally looking at it right now. Moseman's beat him three out of four races. And all he has is a 21st, and Blos is only two points ahead of him. But Blos, well, but, but he's a, ahead of him. Ahead of him. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Right now, four races in, which is shocking. You're right. It's, it, it, we shouldn't even be talking, comparing the two, two uh, different riders and two different spectrums of their career. And uh, the fact we're even talking about the two of them, comparing them, uh, is, is is pretty outrageous. So, but I'm still going Moseman. Fuck you, checkers. You're wrong. I like it. I, I, I like the spice right now. You guys are starting to really bring it. All right. The last versus question uh, and the last time that checkers has uh, the opportunity to get a point for this particular week is Cody shock versus Jason battle of the Hondas. Uh, like both these guys, honestly, they've, they've had some really good results so far this year. I think Jason has a little bit more in the tank, but checkers, I'll let you go off on this one first. Well, here's the deal. Um, Jace Owen has quietly been a top 10 guy. He's been really, really good. He's overlooked. Cody Shock is a little flashier, but we just left Shock's best racetrack of the year, which is Daytona. He might have another blip at Atlanta, but Jace Owen is a fantastic supercross rider. I expect really good things from him in Indianapolis when it's a little bit tighter racetrack and venue, a little shorter lap time. Jace Owen is super solid. He's super fast. He's super underrated. Um, Cody shock doesn't have what it takes to beat Jay Owens consistency by any means right now. Um, shock, I hope has some good finishes. I'm a fan, but he's not better than Jay Owen. And if we're going just Indianapolis, you definitely give me Jay Owen because shock is going to make the mistakes. He's, he's not smooth. He's fast, but he's not smooth. So series and Indianapolis, I'll take Jay Owen all day. Yeah. We are talking about the guy who ran in the side of the tunnel jump. <laughs> and survived so technically and survived 
and survive. We have a zombie junior on our hands. Very happy. We're all very happy with that. And I have to get Checkers credit. He uh, did say Cody would have a great weekend at uh, at Daytona, and he did. He pulled off a strong, very strong eighth. Um, but as far as Jay Owen being consistent, you know, he's, I, I'm a little disappointed that I thought we'd see more out of, of Owen as well. He's got one top 10, a ninth and 11th. And then he, he got a 19th at Daytona. There's some definitely, uh, some definite swings with both those riders, Owen and, uh, and shock. Uh, I think that shock is kind of, you know, he's coming off a very bad season next last year. Uh, I think he's got a little momentum going from Daytona. So just because, uh, I, I again, I want to agree with checker, just agree with them. We get a stupid point. I'm going to have to go Cody Shock over Owen, but I think that's going to be a great battle. They're two riders uh, that are both. Uh, I know Shock would like to have Owen's uh, ride. I think Owen's had some good rides so far and hasn't really completely delivered on on his stuff. Um, but Cody Shock, after his eighth in Daytona, will take down the Owen number sixty-two. Go Cody Shock, Dover, Delaware. I was mistaken. We do actually have a few more versus questions uh, available in this particular segment. Which star rider finished highest fit is going to finish highest in points this season. Um, speaking specifically of the East coast 250 supercross championship, Brian, uh, Brian Deegan, uh, Hayden Deegan, danger boy Deegan, who's currently in third. Uh, you have Smith who's currently holding down the fourth place spot. And the only guy on the team that has a win so far is currently sixth. Debo, who's going to have the most amount of points at the end of the year? Well, I, let me just bring this up to you. If, if you've asked us at the beginning of the year, ask anyone between Hayden Deegan, Jordan Smith, and Nate Thrasher after four rounds, who would be leading the points? Not only that, who would be the most consistent? And that's turned out to be Hayden Deegan, the rookie. He's gone four, four, eight, three. Smith has a third, a 15th, a second, and a fourth. There's that one grenade. And then Thrasher obviously had his grenade at Houston and then had another grenade at Daytona with some crashes. Uh, but he's also got a second and a first. It's, it's exciting to watch these three riders because I think they're a little bit different point. Obviously, at different points of the career. George Smith's kind of on, on the way uh, on, the, on the twilight end. Thrasher's in the middle of it looking to build. And Hayden was just hoping to show up and get some solid finishes. Uh, I think right now, I think that, I think man, that's a good one. I, I'm going to have to go Jordan Smith. I want Deegan to stay strong, keep going well, but I, there's always that rookie mistake that's going to pop up. It's inevitable. It's happened to Ricky. It's happened to Pastrana. It's happened to Stewart. It's happened. You name it. A rookie rider always has that one grenade race where things just don't go well. It snowballs. Uh, kind of, we saw Thrash even last week in Daytona. Uh, I'm going Jordan Smith. I, I think that he is in a, in a, in a very, must need, must win, must podium, must be the top guy in the truck right now. And I'm going with Jordan Smith over those, uh, uh, going to be the stop guy, uh, the top guy on the star Yamaha. Interesting stat that uh, both all three, Travis, Ricky, and James uh, led the points in all three of their first Supercross championships and none of them won it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let uh, checkers chime in now. Yeah, speaking of twilight of his career, you've been hanging out in the stars that Jordan Smith's good at seeing. Yeah, Hayden Deegan, can ha- he can afford a bad race. Jordan Smith's already had a bad race. And if you haven't noticed, Hayden Deegan is gradually building, 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 and trying to avoid those big rookie mistakes. He had his, quote, bad rookie race where he hit the ground two weeks ago. And guess what? He didn't completely grenade himself. He is so far proven that he is a very, very smart rookie, but I'm not picking him for the best. Thrasher is going to jump both of these guys because fact of the matter is he is the better rider of all of them. He is not known to make huge mistakes. He has taken a huge step up this year. 
It is surprising that he's currently sitting in sixth, but the dude has heart. He started to figure out his starts. He is a front runner. He is the only one in the field, I think, that can flat out just outspeed Hunter Lawrence. Nate Thrasher will end up in front of both of them, but you are absolutely off base with Jordan Smith. He will be last out of this group by the time that they're done. I just, I just like making you uh, just talk shit about Jordan Smith. <laughs> yeah, well, he's probably that a really is... nice guy, and he definitely he is, is a nice guy. guy. I've never met him. Never I think he that. might be better at notice, golf than he is at riding dirt bikes sometimes. I did but. notice he shaved his beard off the other day when uh, somebody had commented about riding a 250 and having a full beard. And I didn't notice at Daytona he was clean shaven. So maybe he's trying to go for that youthful look. And uh, and uh, that's, yeah. But yeah, I think I'm, I did not, I was shocked that they signed him. Uh, I thought it was out of the blue. I didn't think he really deserved the ride, but I'm impressed with what he's throwing down. He's, 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 he's has 115th and uh, the rest of his finishes are in the top four. So. Um, bring on Indy. Let's see what the man can do. All right. Last but not least, we can't get out of this segment without talking about the Hardy Party. Hardy Party versus the world. Checkers, I'll give you the floor, my friend. I don't even know what that means, Hardy Party versus the world, other than if you're not on the dang Hardy bandwagon, you need to get on there. I am officially joining the Hardy Munoz fan club. I am all aboard. He's made all four main events. He's beating Factory Husqvarna's Talon Hawkins in points. He's the top full privateer. If he wants a dang race tech ride, call me up, Hardy. I will hook that bike up with some suspension that can take the hits that you go through all the time because I am driving this bandwagon now. Well, I don't think I can take credit for driving it, but I'm fully on board. I'm on the roof. I'm waving my hat like Aaron Plessinger during opening ceremonies. I am all aboard. Hardy Munoz is crushing the world right now. And please, can we get a GoPro on his motorcycle? Maybe three of them because three are probably going to fall off in crashes. Uh, yeah, you're not going to get me to argue with checkers in this one. I, uh, our friend Ian Riley, we, we were in a couple draft games. We'll get to you in a bit. Uh, I know he jumped on board first and we argued about the Cantazero uh, stuff. Now we've just moved on. Hell, Cantazero, great rider, but it's Hardy Munoz now versus the world. And I'm all about Hardy as well. I just picked him up in our latest draft league and uh, I, I'm all about the guy. He brings excitement, a ton of energy, a ton of passion, a ton of chaos. And he's done great so far. He's got a 16th, one top 10, which I never even really thought he'd get a top 10. Uh, he has one grenade there at, at Dallas and then he has a 13th in Daytona. So like I said, we're all about, we're all aboard the Hardy party train. I like it, boys. Uh, I know we're probably going to run long on this, but it's time to oh, wait. Is it going to time to debate with Debo? No, we're are we are we doing the? Uh... Yeah, we're debating with Debo. We have a little you bit of debate with me. I, I've been debating with me enough. We can move on to something else. Whatever you want to do. No, we're going to debate with Debo. It's time to debate with Debo. I don't know if we need to like get a gong or something. It is time to debate with Debo. Uh, who, uh, Denny Stevenson, who in the 450 class has the most untapped potential or room for improvement? And in what areas do they need to work on? That's a good question. Let me pull up the class real quick and take a good gander because. Um... Well, you know, definitely Ted yeah. Roxon, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I still think that I'm still waiting for that uh, untapped potential of Christian Craig to arrive on this Husky. <laughs> but I think that I think there's a lot still that he can still do on that bike. Uh, you know, he he's not obviously the young guy of the class. Uh, I, I would go with Aaron Plessinger as well. I was very dis not disappointed, but I was shocked he jumped over from the blue bike to the orange bike. I think he struggled with the orange bike, but I think this year he looks better than he has. He's uh, he's getting better in each week. And I think if we can keep him healthy through Supercross and outdoors, 
I don't know. There's just so much. It's such a big step to get up to where Tomac, Webb, and Sexton are right now. And even Anderson's realizing that. Uh, we talked about the age group and uh, how you get, they're getting older, they're getting more wiser, they're getting more fit on the motorcycle and figuring out how to ride this 450 to its full potential. And then there's guys who are just kind of stuck at their level. Um, where I think Plessinger's at right now, I think Barca's hasn't quite got to that level he had, wants to get to, he's older. I think he's settled in where he's at. Uh, I think Chase Sexton is, is, is going to be the probably the biggest one who is still got the best speed. Obviously, I think he's going to have a fast lap time in practice six out of the last eight rounds. And we we're just waiting for him to get over that hump of silly mistakes like Tomac made for so many years and figure out what it takes to become a champion on that 450. And uh, I think Checkers would even agree with that one. I think Sexton is is the one who we're waiting for to untap just a gold mine of wins and championships. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely waiting for that, but I'm still counting him. He's still my championship pick. But let me throw one name at you, Denny. What about Justin Hill? And when I when what does he need to work on? I actually think a little bit better equipment. I think that Goody has unlimited talent and potential, and he's kind of found some consistency this year and showing up. And I think he's having enough fun riding that he, he seems to be in decent shape. He's not fading super hard at the end of the motos. Um, what do you think? Do you think that better equipment could benefit him? Um, we've talked about him and Josh. Uh, I think they're, they're, they're figuring out the motorcycle by working together. I think they're having a, 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 an incredible time riding and working together, learning the motorcycle. Uh, I'm just watching them guys and their videos. They're, they're jumping shit and having a great time in practice. And Justin, I think, was always, like I said, I, I know Justin and Josh since they were little kids. I sponsored him at Smith when they are in 80s when Justin was on a 60 and didn't really take anything serious. He was more worried about riding his bicycle and chasing chicks and playing in the dirt. And I think that kind of carried over into his pro career, almost kind of like Malcolm's first uh, first years when he turned pro. Um, you know, being kind of underneath the, the older brother, Josh, Justin obviously came out of nowhere, won that, uh, that 250 title with Mitch, jumped on the Suzuki 250, Definitely did not do as well as we thought. But then we saw that one weekend on that 450 uh, Suzuki, he damn near won the main event. He was working with Buddy Anson at the time. He was jumping stuff no one else had done. He made a couple mistakes, ended up getting a six that night. And then a, a couple seasons where I think he was just not really happy with, with the world and what things were, way things were working out for him. And he left the sport, realized that, man, motocross is a badass game, and this is probably the easiest thing we'll ever do in our life and most enjoyable thing. And we've seen him come back to the sport. And as you've said, Checkers, he's uh, he's laid down some solid results. We, uh, I think every result's been inside the top 15 except one, getting better each week. Uh, I think we expect to see some top 10s. You had mentioned earlier when you and I were talking that, you know, with the depleted field, riders like Justin Hill, Dean Wilson are going to be stepping up the program and getting these top eight, top seven finishes, I think. And by able to run, kind of minimize some of the guys they had, some of the middle group of guys they got to run with. I think if Justin Hill could even be up front, we haven't even seen him get a good start yet. We barely see him on during a broadcast. I'd be interested to see what Justin Hill does if he gets out a rider, you know, behind Barsha or, or uh, Plessinger and, and maybe can pick up that pace and learn some things that maybe he hasn't seen all season. I like it boys. Uh, yeah, definitely some guys who have some room for improvement and that just makes the 450 class that much more competitors competitive it's time to dream on baby it's fantasy time not only are we going to get into the fantasy drafts but we're all also going to do our own draft which is um we we have we, we had a snake draft at the beginning i don't know if you guys uh got into our very first show did we do it live on our first show or did we do it on our own no we did it live on the first show 
We did it live on the very first show. Uh, hopefully you've been watching since then. We have more more viewers uh, and, and listeners than we did back then. But uh, yeah, we're here working on that every single weekend. So we drafted four 450 riders and three 250 riders in either coast. So far, the the standings uh, as uh, stand as thus. With zero replacements, he's dodged every bullet in the game and currently enjoys a 99-point lead. It's Denny Stevenson, your 1990-125 East Supercross champion. You can just see, you know, that's all that red that's in the, on the spreadsheet, that uh, those are injuries. So when a rider gets injured, that we they're able we're able to replace a rider as you can see up yes. in mine i've like you said i have survived uh unbelievably uh you, uh you brad lost your entire 2d east team before the season yes. even started i don't even know what the odds of that i worry i hope you played keno or the lottery that week and so after uh it was a game i just kind of came up with i always like to see uh, how people uh, kind of pick their value of a rider whether it be a 40 rider an east rider to, or a west rider and so but we're halfway through the season so we're going to do a little redraft uh, uh, checkers uh, is obviously gotten third with all that color. I didn't know that much color existed in Excel spreadsheet. So checkers going to have the first pick of this second segment and Brad was second. I'll go third and we can pretty much pick any rider off the rider list that we want, whether it be again, 450, 250 East or West. And we'll collect their points throughout the season and see if checkers and, uh, and Brad can catch me. Cause I've been whooping their ass so far. Yeah. I that feel you bad certainly for have, rider but, that, uh, uh I feel bad for any rider that I draft because um, seven of my 10 slots had to uh, have replacements. And I mean, it got to the point I've had to have replacements for replacements. And it's not even just in this game. I'm playing in another one with Denny and it's the same thing. I'm having replacements for replacements. It has been an absolute disaster. So I'm ten- like tempted to not pick guys I like in this draft because they might end up on the sidelines. It's It's been a bloodbath for anybody that you've, you've selected. And, and then you've even had to select, uh, injured the replace riders you've had to replace riders with yeah yeah so if you get if you get chosen by checkers in this draft i feel sorry for you because you might want to check your chiropractor and, and, and health insurance <laughs> and yeah, get some extra coverage so um you can see on the screen or should be able to see the the draft board with the 450 riders the 250 guys combined and then there's actually one extra race for the west coast correct denny uh, one extra race for the East Coast, and okay. that shows in, in the stats. I, I, we did projection of the average points from the current points and what the projection would be. Um, so it shows that the East guys have a slight advantage because they will have one more round. Yes, and then and then there's two East uh, East West shootouts, so that will also uh, bring things to a head. Because when you when you combine forty of the best guys together and only twenty two make event twenty two make an event, uh, shit gets crazy. Well, if you haven't seen on the screen. As the number one draft pick, I have selected Eli Tomac to lead the charge, hopefully to uh, make up some of this points gap that I've gotten myself into. With the second pick in our fantasy silliness draft, I will go with Hunter Lawrence. You son of a bitch. I didn't know you're going to go that way. I was ready to take him in the fourth round because I figured you were going, going Weber Sexton because that's kind of what the pattern's been going this year. Oh, I figure one of those guys is still there when I when I need to pick. So you are a shady some bitch right there. So uh, yeah, so Tomac's gone. Hunter's off the board, and Hunter has a huge advantage again because he's riding the East series, and with his almost nearly perfect win rate, he is almost a twenty point advantage over everyone else in the two D class. So uh, hats off for Brad for realizing that. I was hoping he might miss that. So I'm gonna have to take uh, with the third pick. I'm gonna go with 
Mr. Chase Sexton so I can get him off the board. And then I'm going to go with, since we're going back to back, I'm going to go Sexton and I'm going Webb as well. Ooh. Let's just go. It's just that way I can just assure myself I'm going to have podiums every single round. Isn't that how that's supposed to work? Right. So, right. Um, yeah. So we're heading back to you, Brad, for round two. All right. Then uh, um, I, I, Ooh, I know I'd be giving up a lot on the, on the 450 side of things. So let me, uh, give me, uh, give me Jason Anderson. El hombre. Not a bad person to lead your 450 team. No, by any means. No. I really like Denny's, uh, doubled up 450 guys. I was hoping that maybe, um, I could try to pull something like that off myself, but, uh, I was hoping he's going to go jet so that I could take Sexton, but yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I figured you'd want that. I, yeah, I'm in your guys' head. All right, mm. back to back picks for me. So, um, man, I got to take the next solid 450 guy of Aaron Plessinger. So I have a double header of talent at the top of my my 450 class that can be on the podium or in the top five every weekend. I'm all about the AP. And then I will take um, Jet Lawrence, Hunter's brother, as well. Yeah, and he's obviously assured of a lot of wins so far. Uh, just having that one one less race in the East, guys, kind of evens things up a little bit. So uh, Checkers moving with the Jet, which usually has been gone. In any, any of the drafts we've done so far, Hunter and Jet, Jet are usually gone in the top five, and uh, we've got swept them up in the top seven already. All right. So, uh, go, moving forward, I, I think that he's going to have, uh, he's going to, he's going to have a lot of success in the 450. I think he's going to have even more success on the 250 to finish out the year. Give me RJ Hampshire. Now you only well, get him in one class. You only get him in one class. You can't double yeah. up. So you, you give, take give me a uh, two, uh, the West RJ Hampshire. Hampshire in the West. Oh, hope you like brooms. <laughs> I Push think a broom or two in my life. I'm really looking forward to his uh, his his uh, you know 450 career. I hope that he gets uh, more more time on that bike, and uh, I think I yeah. counted there's three, there's three more East rounds that he could ride. I know there's Indy, and then Detroit. I don't know if he's going to do more than Indy. We'll see. I, I hope Husky gives him more opportunities because I think Hampshire is a type of rider that instead of pulling him off the track and, and set him at home, I think he'll just get better each and every time he's on, yeah. on the bike. I think just send him out there. Seriously, like there's nothing that can hurt. We've talked about that to to nauseam. To nauseum, yes. All right, well, so AP's gone. Jet's gone. I got two picks coming up. Um, <clears throat> the value of, of Max Ansey so far has been just phenomenal. He has barely been off the podium. I don't think he's been off the podium. He has a huge value rate with that East 1, East X around. So I'm going to be going for the bangers and mash of Max Anstey as he keeps his ball rolling into the these few rounds. I, I'm really anxious to see how he does in his shootouts because he's obviously a very smart rider that Honda's working great. He's lay, able to lay down heaters. Unlike I ever thought he'd do. Uh, he's clearly not on the 280 that I'm aware of, but uh, <laughs> Max Ansey has been crushing it so far. So I'll be taking Max Ansey as my first 250 rider. And then I'll be following that up with, oh man. I think I'm gonna have to go Nate Thrasher. I'm going to be following up with another East rider. I think Checkers was correct, and he's got a lot of wins under his belt coming up. And uh, that way I can even pad – you know, I can be wrong to Checkers, but you have to still kick his ass in this game. So. 
Uh, covering his bases. Uh, let me cover my bases by going, um, by going with Justin Barsha. I think he's going to have a, a strong finish off to the season. I think uh, he's going to be a perennial or a week week to week uh, top t- top five guy. And again, nice. our teams will look great as our teams look great going into uh, for our first segment. So. Uh, which is, I think, the biggest key again is, is if to keep these guys staying healthy and, and get into these final nine rounds and, and not taking off the last couple of rounds for the outdoors. And I think that'll be interesting to see who who can get through the whole season these last nine rounds healthy and and hopefully all of them, obviously, because a uh, dirt bike's gonna be a very cruel mistress. I left Roxon on the board. That might have been a mistake of mine. Yeah, I, I bashed him all off season, obviously on that Suzuki, but uh, I, I took him in a couple of my draft teams, and he's been very consistent, top five, top eight guy every week. Yeah, just looking through this 450 draft list, and I mean, for a guy that's going to probably be in the top 10 every week, I don't think there's, you know, Ferrandis was for sure, you know, back. He's Is Ferrandis back this week? And is that what I said? I reported in the thread. I can't remember. Was it AC is back? Ferrandis is out, correct? Um, AC, AC is in. Ferrandis is out. Yes. So, I mean, I don't. I can't leave Ken Roxon sitting on the board when we have four 450 slots and the 450s line up every weekend. So um, first of all, I'm going to go Ken Roxon. We're going to kick it. It's the second half of the season. I have zero faith in Ken Roxon, but I do think that hopefully he can get me some, you know, maybe like five, eight, top eight finishes or something like that. Something, Something along those lines. And then, man, I, I kind of want to just completely handicap you guys and pick another 450 rider with Christian Craig. And you'd be really, you'd be really, you catch shit all. I, you wouldn't get over that. I'd give you shit every single day we text about that one. And I'm going to do it because I know you don't want me to because I just took a lot of value off the board for you guys with Christian Craig is my draft pick. Oh, I can't wait to cheer for him every single weekend and tell you how great he is when he delivers points for me. Yeah. He has been solid. I mean, he's, uh, you know, I think his worst finish is a 13th. He's got a couple top eights there. Uh, I think I, I need I think I need five more, three more top eights to get my, I wasn't going to get eight top fives. So I believe it was five top eights. I, I've changed it over to. So moving on to Brad in round five. All right. So uh, 250, let, let, give me, uh, give me Hayden Deegan. I think uh, he's got, he's got multiple podiums in his future. That's a good pick. I think checkers, I think checkers was pretty smart by trying to sweep the 450 board. I'm regretting yeah, my we'll catch up. We'll, we'll, we'll make them pay we get a sound other clip stuff? on that, please. <laughs> we so far behind in points. We got to, we got to give him a little bit of help. So I was going to say he's, he's got a deep, a deep hole to dig himself out of. So yeah, it sounds great until they're all sitting on the sidelines again. Yeah. I mean, you've already cursed everybody. So I was going to um, say, what do you have against Christian Craig? <laughs> Yeah, at this point, I'm just going to keep loading up 250 riders. So I'm going to take um, RJ, RJ Hampshire on the two. He's already gone. I'm going to take Cameron McAdoo. I mm. hope, hope Cam can keep stay healthy and uh, avoid that Popeye arm again. That was That's, one of the noise I've ever, I've ever seen on somebody. Thank you for doing that because I really didn't want to be the reason that Cameron got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're all Cam fans. He's uh, from not far away in old Sioux City, Iowa. Um, that guy's an animal. I've never seen anyone, I think anyone can agree, just hit the deck so hard, yet never say die. He is an animal. So I'm going to go one more. Um, with, 
I'm going to keep that East roll. I'm going to go Jeremy Martin. Wait, no, Jordan Smith. Might as well just stick with an old Yamaha team here. It's Jordan, not Jordan. Jordan, Jordan. Smith. Uh, we'll wrap up my uh, the rest of my 2D East team. And we're on to you, Bradley. All right. Give me uh, – uh, he had a rocky start to his season, but he has he does have a win in a triple crown. Give me Levi Kitchens. That's a good Kitchens. one, Kitchens. What do you think his uh, ceiling is for this outdoors? I think he, he can, can, he can I think like in a regular, like, I don't think he can beat Jet straight up, but I think he can get second. All right. His, what about, his what biggest about? problem is his starts. He gets shitty yeah. starts. Yeah. Like he passes guys until the checkered flag. And if you're going to, if you're going to do that, you're going to lead a career like Mike LaRocco, who just like got shitty starts and charged to the front, got a lot of top like second through fifths. And it's crazy how Mike never, ever figured it out. I mean, he no. eventually, Tomac figured it out. I mean, eventually someone that talented as Mike has been his whole life. Um, I raised him on minis because we're kind of from the Midwest area. And, and yeah. uh, he was that he could never get a good start, man. Even when we were Suzuki's Indian. Yeah, unbelievable. Honda's didn't matter. Cowie's. He he was a bad starter. He was a bad starter on 500s. He's a bad starter on 125s uh he even had he even got this is the proof that he was a bad starter he got bad starts on a uh the the original rendition of the cr450 when he first came came out with that in 02 when it when paul delorier was his mechanic he had bad starts right. then back when uh kyle lewis was getting every other hole shot so yeah yeah if, if anyone needed to team up with uh with the with michael essie it would have been him and i think that's oh, crazy yeah. Star brought him in to, to work on starts with those guys. I think that's pretty awesome. Man, it's pretty uh, pretty crazy that you guys left me, Mitchell Oldenburg, just sitting on a silver platter once again. The guy that no one talks about that just delivers solid points this late in the draft. And I finally kicked off a 250 East pick. Um, I took Jeremy Martin. I'm just hoping there, you know, four or five every weekend would be would be pretty solid for me with the team that I'm building. I have quite the army assembled. Well, when, when, you, when we're able to pick the top, what the top 12 450s and the top nine in each duty class, it definitely helps uh, a little bit shallower than what we do. when we, when we have 11 guys to pick uh, in each class or 22 in each class with our, uh, with our other leagues that we're in. That's that's that, now that then, you know, that you're really, it's not always some shit down there. You're, you're, you're picking some crazy riders at that point. It'll be interesting to see how, who's projected to, to get the, uh, the most amount of points throughout when we're all uh, said and done this. Uh, give me uh, Honda HRC's Colt Nichols. Only fitting yeah, that you end up with him, Brad. He's my guy. I like myself with Colt Nichols. Good person. I hope he turns yeah. it around. That would be. I do too. Definitely good to see. Uh, let's see. Colt Nichols to Brad on the 450. Where do you think he could end up next year? Think he'll stay on Honda? Uh, we talked about this before. Good but question. I didn't really think he could. He would end up at Honda, but Team Tedder. Part of me says he could possibly end up back there. Um. Otherwise, oof. oof. Really hard to say. Really hard to say. Honestly, I uh, like the that mid level. Um, the, the the mid-level support team in the 450 class is kind of gone the way of the Dodo Bird. Like, we don't have the RMATVMC teams anymore. We don't have, like... Uh, um, we might have Rick Ware Racing back next year, though, it sounds like. 
We so might. that's like be a great spot for him. Um, I know that yeah. they've been sh- wanting to shop a couple rider deal and that would be a pretty dang good spot for him. Maybe supercross only and some world supercross because Colt's not really an outdoor guy either, as far as yeah. I recall. So I think that would be a, a nice landing spot. And, and Rick Ware has got their, his hands and everything. I, I, every, every, every time I have a car race and I watch on TV, he's, he's, he's got something to do with it. And I think then we just read that he'll be sponsoring a, uh, a dirt track team. I yeah, he's now. doing AFT flat track as well. Nice. Like well, I'm gonna take D- I'm gonna take Dean Wilson off the board. I think Dean. I think we see some top eights for Dean coming up. He's been running a solid 11th and 12th. I take him pretty much every other week in Motor Extreme, thinking he's gonna get that top 10 10 point bonus. And every week, as he's right now, whether it's handicapped and whatever game you're playing, so I'm gonna go Dean Wilson to get that 40 class picked up. And uh, I have such a points lead right now. I'm going to take Dean Ferrandez. Wow. And, uh, not Dean Ferrandez, Dylan Ferrandez. I'm going to take Ferrandez and, uh, and wait for him to come back. Because I can kind of, because I think when he does come back, he's going to run top five. And if I take with Cianciarello or, or Ferrandez, but I got a 95 point lead right now. I can kind of got some time to work with. Got nine rounds. I think Ferrandez will be coming back. And I think he'll lay down some, some good times. Uh, and then that crazy crash at Daytona where he just fully went full McAdoo. Uh, not a good return to uh, to Supercross, but I think I think there's some some good results before we uh, they kick off that outdoor season. Goes full wackadoo. All right, give me, um, give me Enzo Lopes. Checkers is going to get Mosman. All right. Let's see. I have or blows a 250 east or two 250 west left. And then Brad has a 250 east and Denny has two wests. Hmm. Yep. It's always a good thing to look at that. East is, oh, I need to get rid of Lopes here. Man. My choices are but only one more east guy is going to go. I did pick that. You need the, you need oh, two east. No, but you're only going to take one, and then the east is done. So it's up to me to clear the board with it. Yeah, cool. and I mean, I did just say that Blos is going to wipe the floor with Moseman for the rest of the year. Um, <laughs> Lying what's through the your status teeth on of Styles Robertson at the moment? Does anyone have an update on Styles Robertson? A little banged up, but he should be fine for Seattle. Yeah, he's got two more weeks, though, or at least or at least ten yeah. more days. Or he's more than that. Oh. He's he's there fourteen days out. Well, I'm going to take me some Styles Robertson. Okay. And Pierce so your West Brown. is done. Oh, Pierce I only Brown. have one West. Then I just you only have, you only have one West. Dang, let me rethink my strategy here. Then Denny's going to take two. That's the rumor. Needs to. We're going to take Styles, though, for sure. Sorry. Um, I'm typing all this enough, so I haven't been able to strategize as much. Mm. For the 250 West, it's going to be my last That's your excuse. Styles. Oh, I'm pretty stoked on my team here. All my guys in 250 West have had podiums. That's fair. All but one of my guys in the 450s have had podiums. So four fifty is pretty solid. I think that you guys are just jealous. Uh, and then for two fifty East, 
Um, I'll take. I'll take Moseman. I'm going to go there. You, you know, it's it, it's it's got to happen, right? I mean, he's, the, the switch has to be flipped eventually. You would think or hope. He was he looked pretty solid for a brief time at Daytona, and then boop. Once again, I'll help. All right, so give me Adam C and Cirillo. AC baby, and he is coming back this week. Is that I, I look for? on for yeah, He is coming back this week. I, like I, I'm hoping that I don't have to replace him at some point, but uh, hopefully giving uh, Adam some good mojo by picking him. Yeah, you know he was kind of racing his way back into shape, and then uh, and then slams his hurts his wrist. So I don't know once that once that injury train starts rolling, it's it's hard to dial it back. So as we all yes, know, sir. no matter who you are, I, I've lived it. All right, Danny Danny times two, two you're going two fifty west. west. Oh, he's got to pick his favorite guy, Voland. Who was your last guy? You took checkers, Robertson, and who? Styles Robertson. That was, but you did. You and then Michael Moseman. Oh, you did take Moseman. That's right. I just want to make sure. I, I don't know why I, I need West guys right now, and I, I hate the direction I'm going to have to go. You know where I'm going to go. <laughs> Max and Pierce. <laughs> Pierce Salondar twins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, it's just yeah, that's really the direction I'm thinking right now. You have to. There's literally. I, I mean, you have you're not going Cole Thompson. You have Mumphy or Matt Moss if you want to try to go a little Ooh. bit crazy. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, they're not getting better than those two. No, yeah, those were good ones, good depth ones in our in our you know deep leagues. But yeah, I, I think it's pretty much uh, I. Uh, <laughs> A no brainer at this point. I'm gonna have to go Max Pierce. Yeah, they're lined up right there. They're supposed to projected at 65 and 64 points at the rest of the season, which isn't really that far off some of these other guys. Um, (laughs) is that your final answer? As much as you don't want to say it, I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk myself out of it by looking deep in this field. There's really, I mean, they're they're both the top five guys and um, they just need to produce. So I'm going Max and uh, and PB there, man. Little. Peanut butter and jelly and, and Max Voland. They're rounding off my field right there. I had a long, hard look at Pierce Brown, but I just couldn't take myself to do it. So I'm hoping that Styles could keep it together. All right. To round out my 250 East class, uh, I, I like myself some pro circuit guys. And when I pick them, they often get hurt. Uh, so I hope that's not how it works out for Mr. Chris Blose. Yeah, I think we all like to see him uh, end his career on a high note, on a great team, um, give himself a top five. I don't think he'll, he'll ever get multiple top fives like Checkers uh, insinuates. In, in Who does Checkers have to pick? Who's the uh, yeah. who's always I two fifty East? Uh, well, okay, he's not racing this weekend. But um, Who else was just picked in the East? I guess uh, I picked Moseman. I thought there was another. Oh, you picked Blos. That was the other one. Yeah, I picked Joe Blos. So um, it's Shock or Owen. Who was your second or, to last pick before Blos? Is that Lopes? Mine. Yeah, after after Checkers Moseman, who did you pick? He had AC and AC. then he had oh, Blos. AC and Blos. His fourth is fourth for good year. Um, yeah, so Checkers is left with one. Uh, East rider, and there's some good, good, good East guys there again because they uh, get that extra race. 
um, which will definitely help them uh, add their bonus points there. I thought Vial was just banged up, but he's not racing this weekend. He's not racing this weekend. Between you and me, I would not be surprised to not see him until out- outdoors. That's kind of where I was, what I was just afraid of and thinking. So, um, and with that kind of, with, with the investment they have brought, bring over two-time world outdoor motocross champion. I mean, I wrap that, I if, wrap Justin, if Justin Cooper is out till outdoors on not being hurt. Yeah. Like if you're KTM, yeah, like, all right, I'll hit the showers, see you outdoors. Yeah. yeah. I actually support that move, you know, and most, all the other guys I say race, but I actually support that. Um, well, I, I can't drag this on all night. So I, I'm just going to have to go with, uh, wait, man, I kind of want to go Colin Park, but I'm going to go Jay Sullen because I think he's just going to be a top 10 guy every, every weekend, pretty much. Yeah. Right he'll be super area. quiet. He'll get like no television time and just put in his laps. So I will take Jay Sullen. I'm not really all that stoked on that. I, I needed to do my research a little better, I guess, and know that Vial was, was banged up a little more. Um, yeah, you're I, yeah, I think he'll be more consistent than shock. So that are those are our teams, boys. Your 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 team kind of stumbled down the stretch there after like really loading up on four fifty guys. <laughs> I mean, not really. My last two picks were, uh, hang on, I just oh, Jace Owen, Michael Moseman, Styles Robertson. Like those aren't bad picks. No, I mean we're we're, we're again we're we're looking at, we're picking nine guys out of the east, nine out of the west, and twelve yeah. riders. I mean, there's still there, there's a, there's some meat on the bones there, but I I'm just trying to give you some shit here. But when, but, but um, when you got guys who win consistently and guys who are struggling top ten, it, uh, the points quickly quickly shift and uh, and again staying healthy no matter what game you play, whether you're hiring teams for real or just for fun, trying to keep these guys healthy seems to be a full time job. Yes, that was a lot of and, fun. Uh, and we pull, pull uh, there's some team managers, including these team managers that are going to be pulling their hair out. Uh, it's time to play and set our teams for MXD 360, the 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 game where uh, we're not going to roll through the whole uh, rundown. Obviously, it's a a salary based league. You got 300 uh, or 3.5 million dollars to spend on your riders. Do so accordingly because you have to be a little bit thrifty sometimes. Uh, sometimes the guy who sets the uh, the salaries, Denny, uh, is sleeping on some guys. So there's some value in those picks that ha- are usually highlighted in red. Pick one of those guys. They get a top 10. They get a bonus of an extra 10 points on the weekend. Most points wins the weekend. And currently, as they stand in the Big MX Radio League. In 11th place, in uh, out of 23 rider, uh, 23 entrants, uh, and 63rd in the entire website, you have Chris Riesenberg, otherwise known as Checkers, following not so far behind. Now he's he's made up some space to, after uh, after winning out of the three of us this last weekend. We have Denny Stevenson currently sitting in the 15th place spot out of 23 riders, just outside the uh, the the mid pack range. There, 94th overall on his website the own his own website and he's not very good at the game and then you have myself brad gebhart the the host of big mx radio sitting in 23rd of 23 entrants in the big mx radio league i'm currently sitting dead last but i'm not dead last on the website i'm sure there's some people who just don't even submit their teams uh that's why i am currently sitting 158th overall um respectively this last weekend it was checkers with 119 points denny with 124 points and then myself losing more and more and more ground with 112 points on the weekend 
I ended up only, I actually only had seven guys in there, so I didn't do too, too badly. Uh, but uh, either way, I got, uh, I got hosed by Frederick Noren. He, uh, we found out pretty late that he wasn't racing uh, or wait, no, he just, just, just didn't make the main. He did race. He just missed by one spot. So that kind of broke my heart. Uh, but, uh, but I digress. It's time to pick our teams. Um, Debo, um, like, you're the guy who set the um set the handicaps and then the salaries for these things so why don't you uh lead us off with uh taking us through your 250 guys a little bit well really are you know again that my salaries are based upon the points it's a formula i've worked out and uh it, it kind of sets everything up i i do have get a, a chuckle when i post the salaries on on twitter or something and 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 some people folks think it's their a, a real rider salary and are, are discussing with the salaries and i'm like you know, some of these guys would be blessed to make that much. And some of these guys would be make, should be making a lot more, but it's the game. And I, I totally blew it last week. Uh, I, I checkers blew up Cody shock. Uh, I had him early. His lap times were not phenomenal in his qualifier uh, and practice. So I dropped him. I once again, let Saturday morning race day live times get in my head, but I, I was pretty stoked. I had Jordan Smith, Jeremy Martin running top five, uh, Talon Hawkins took a big swing and a miss when he went down a couple times and ended up 18th. Uh, so that was kind of took some of my chunk away. But I think Thrasher is a great value. Uh, as Checkers mentioned earlier, he's got wins under his belt. He's got better days ahead. His 10th his and his uh, multiple crash yet still got a 10th at Daytona. was impressive yet, yet frustrating. Um, I think he's a great value. Colin Park, Cody Shock, uh, both at the 500,000 mark are, are top 10 riders who can get that top 10 bonus. Yet the rider on that average range of about 500 grand. Then you got to look a little deeper. Uh, I think just Luke Neese is coming back this week. I know that's one of your guys' favorite guys. I, I definitely undervalued when the season started. And then there's Jack Chambers, who finally got himself into a main event with a 17th, and he's down there at $53,000. So those are some pretty good values, I think, just to run through real quick in the 2D class. And uh, I, I still haven't picked my team. I'm kind of working on it right now. I just got this thing up and running today. I got the new uh, MXGP game up today. And then about three draft games going today. So uh, we are deep in MXD 360. What do you guys think for 2D class today or this weekend? Go ahead, checkers. Yeah, I want to jump on this uh, this trio down the left side here of the Honda guys. Um, Jason and Henry Miller, Michael Hicks, I think are all really, really good values, especially going to an Indianapolis track that I think is going to be super challenging and technical. And you have to make sure that you finish. A guy like Henry Miller is going to be there at the finish. He is extremely solid extremely good outdoors he's low value right now because he had a bad daytona he had um had to dnf in the heat and then came through and was ripping in the lcq but didn't quite get up to where he needed to be um yep. that's a uneven start so you got to look at that i don't know what to tell you about talon hawkins he's burned me every time i've picked none him. of us can uh, pick him this weekend so <laughs> we you see him. the x red um i think jack chambers is continuing to be an amazing value um he's been fast every time, even the mains he hasn't made, he has hit the ground though. So that's a little scary. And he's only made one main event. Uh, so those guys are deep in the field, but I, I really, like I said, the value of, of the Owen Miller Hicks, I could see any of those guys getting a top 10. This is also a hometown race for Michael Hicks. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, Danny mentioned Thrasher, but he didn't mention Jordan Smith, who is I think also a very viable option. Um, I think I would pick him before I picked a Hayden Deegan or a Jeremy Martin, most likely where they're at. And I mean, if Moseman does figure it out, he's a great value. So those are the the value guys I've seen here in the 250 class. 
for myself, not that anyone should actually take my advice because I am dead last in my own league. Um, right now, I like guys like uh, Hayden Deegan. Uh, he's he's still got some value there. I think that's uh, that's expensive, but it's not crazy amounts for him. Uh, Cody Shock uh, has a good chance of possibly paying off with that extra point bonus, uh, and he's also under. Uh, when you originally look at the average, I think it's you in an average of about $500,000 per guy. Uh, so he's below that. And then, yeah, I think that that, that trio of Joe, uh, of uh, of Owen, Miller, and Hicks could easily pay off. Uh, Hicks had a really rocky start to the beginning of his year, but he's only getting better. Uh, another sleeper pick would be a guy like Caden Braswell or Luke Neese if you're looking for some serious value of guys who could sort of sneak in. Same thing for Devin Simonson. Yeah, and also Notsky is a really, really good outdoor rider. And Although yes. India is super technical, super cross, but the ruts, it it sometimes benefits guys with outdoor skills, not yeah. always. I think the ruts and super cross, like I, I liked it in in uh, Daytona, but I think the ruts plus super cross actually spells him to be like, like if I wouldn't be surprised to see him make the main event. I also wouldn't be surprised to see him like 13th in the LCQ. One last thing before we move over to the 450s of yeah. any thoughts on Kenton Zaro? He's been pretty fast. Um, I know he's Home not race. awesome at Daytona, but he's super low on the list. And if it's super technical, is is he a guy to look at? Uh, not for a guy to get a bonus. Obviously, I don't think he's going to get a top 10, although he does have a podium in a Supercross. Uh, but that was many, many moons ago. Uh, I could see him getting uh, 19th, 20th, something around there. Uh, so if you're cool with getting uh, three or four points out of him, uh, he's worthwhile because he is a, he's a... a a bargain, but picking him uh, might really hurt your team because you're not going to get a lot of points out of him. Maybe a filler guy there at the end. So looking yep. over at the 450 class, um, there's the one thing to keep in mind or focus on here is really this big gap in the middle of the salaries created by guys not racing. Just a or triage being unit. Being injured. Um, it, but it also, you got to think it really opens the door up for guys like a Justin Hill or a Dean Wilson, or maybe even a Shane McElrath to hit one of their bonuses. I think it's a, almost a no-brainer to take Christian Craig if he's available to you this week. Um, I feel like he has to be in the top 10 with the field that we have lining up on the line. Um, having AC come back, that's pretty decent, but he's coming off of an injury. How healthy is he? And he's quite a bit more expensive than Craig, and I don't see him finishing much better than Craig if he even beats Craig. Um, and then, of course, you have RJ Hampshire coming off of a, a good race. But um, if you didn't have him in Daytona, I personally would probably skip him. Um, do we know Colt Nichols? Is he was he just banged up and good to go for? Indy? I believe he's racing. Uh, to, to, to my knowledge, I think he is racing, uh, although coming off of injury uh, or a, a weekend off, um, I'd have to see it from Colt before I put him on my team because he's Absolutely. still expensive. For sure. And like, I mean, he's $70,000 less than Hayden Deegan and could very well not race. But you definitely want to look at uh, Freddie Norton if he's okay, which he should be from his crash because he raced the night show last weekend. Yeah. He's he was fifth. a main event guy at the beginning of the year and he is super cheap now. And the one thing is, once he's in the main event, he's a guy that finishes all the laps. And I mean, he can get a 15, 16th, which isn't going to Same win the week Harley. for you, but it's going to save you a lot of money, which might allow you to win the week. Yeah, yeah like if you put a guy like Frederick Noren and Harlan on your team, 
uh, not they're not going to get a top 10 the, the bonus on all that but that might give you an opportunity to pick uh, an Eli Tomac or a Cooper Webb who will definitely be on the podium and you haven't mentioned checkers our favorite uh, chaos fantasy rider Alex Ray will be back this weekend so oh god um, <laughs> and for a mere eight thousand dollars like if you want to ride that train now he barely got a ride it looked like he was wet in Cali and he said his thumb's still a little sore so I don't think you're getting a hundred percent Alex Ray and so that worries me one, you're stressing him making in the main event, but two, once he's in the main event, how much is he going to be able to do? He was riding great at the beginning of the year. He hasn't been off that long to lose that base, but it's still, if it's a demanding ruddy track, the chances of him either not putting it in the tough blocks or just being flat out tired and stumbling around, I think is, is really it difficult. It kind of sounds like he's been partying a lot lately. Like I, I text or yeah, Arlington, there was stories of him going out late that night and same thing after Daytona. So and good I don't on know. You. That's Hey, like live it up, man. But I don't know if that uh, necessarily bodes well for like finishing races and all that. He's enjoying yeah. the ride. And, and Logan Carnell's right, right there at the same value. And Logan uh, is, is kind of coming into his own uh, as he did last season. Uh, the guy same thing with Kevin Morantz dropping out. Uh, Moran's has been a very solid. I actually picked him on one of my draft teams and, um, he obviously had a, had a rough Daytona, but Daytona is always the anomaly. And as checkers brought up that huge injury gap right in the middle of everybody, <clears throat> it's pretty rare that you have Justin Barshitz, you know, 590. And then the next, when the next guy's down is Justin Hill at 370. That's a $200,000 gap. Uh, it's just kind of the way the points have worked out. Uh, I think those guys are obviously coming back, but, I hate to give away my ideas, but I think that's what Checkers also said. Hill, Wilson, McMacklerath, Josh Hill are great values. Benny Bloss is always a great value if you can get uh, get that main event down a little bit more consistent. And again, by taking these uh, lower priced riders, can open it up again, like uh, Brad said, to maybe someone like Tomac, Weber, Sexton, and and Sexton is still, you know, a, a significant uh, when it comes to value in uh, the salaries. He's fifty, uh, what about fifty thousand dollars, forty five thousand dollars less than Tomac. Yet we know he's just got a win, another win under his belt coming. He's going to put this together eventually. And uh, at, at that much of a, uh, of a salary differential between Eli and Chase, not a big difference between three points or him actually beating Eli in, in Indy. So I think he's a good value as well, even though he is up there in a $785,000 mark. Yeah, definitely. That was what I looked at when I was selecting kind of my preliminary team is out of those three, you've pretty much figured that there's a really good chance that they're all three going to be on the podium. Sexton's the most likely to not be on the podium, I think, just because of crashes and that side of things. But when I look at it, I look at this as best case scenario and he's the cheapest. Um, I am a little nervous with it being indie and ruddy and technical potentially. Um, and again, we talked about it earlier, though, his line choices late in the race and that side of things. I'm nervous. I think this I'm not is going to be a super web track. I absolutely agree that cutting down in the corners – Cooper Webb um, should be really good. Chances are the whoops will break down, which it has been interesting this year. Webb's continued to blitz the whoops later in when other guys have gone to jumping, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, how about that at Daytona? <clears throat> Take going to taking the wide line. Eli's taking the inside line. Yeah, Eli's hopping through him. Webb's blitzing him and looking good because the whoops were very big. Where you know, Cooper's Eli looked good guy. hopping through though. Like I yeah. was very impressed. Like and that just showed how big those son of bitches were because yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the greatest thing about Webb and Webb, when Webb is blitzing well, is when they're their biggest and roundest. And he is so good at finding that, as he is excellent uh, at finding the way the track's breaking down. Um, yeah, that was a really fun to watch at, at Daytona and something I don't think anyone could ever guess 
that would be uh, Web Blitzing and, and Eli Hopping early in the main event. No kidding. Uh, all right, boys. So let's give our uh, our preliminary teams, our Thursday teams that will likely beat our Saturday teams. If you make any adjustments, I often don't just because I'm so bad at this game. I don't want to overthink things. But uh, how about I kick things off? Uh, I usually go last and let you know who's going to win. I'll uh, I'll go first and probably let you guys know who uh, who maybe to st- stay away from. Sound good? Sounds like we've changed in the strategy might be what you need. All right, perfect. All right, leading off my 250 class team, I'm going to go with Hayden, Danger Boy, Deegan. Uh, He's expensive, but I think he's worth it. Following him up with Cody Shock, Michael Moseman, and Henry Milla. Those are, you got two guys who could very well potentially get their bonus and uh, and get me some points. Uh, Michael Moseman is better than he's been showing, although obviously with that injury that he sustained in the offseason, uh, I don't know what his actual ceiling is, but he is a former winner in the class. Uh, and then you've got your... Uh, 450 class chase sexton very expensive but certainly worth uh worth the price of admission i think he's going to stay on the pegs of his of his dirt bike he's going to be fast and qualifying and likely put himself in a good position to get himself a podium this weekend uh and then i also have ken roxon for six hundred and sixteen thousand dollars. Um, obviously getting two guys uh, of that stature i'm also i'm obviously having to save some money so i went with kevin morans who has been a main event guy who had did not make the main event in daytona i'm banking on him making it into the main event on a very ruddy track, which now thinking about that, I might have to make that adjustment and go elsewhere. Uh, Although I only have about $13,000 to play with at this point. And then you also have Grant Harlan who did make the main, I think it was one of his, his professional bests uh, last weekend in Daytona. Uh, I expect him to have more of the same and he's a bargain at $102,000. Go ahead. Whoever is next. Go for it. Diva. First of all, I'd like to congratulate uh, your brother checkers chris reason or uh, uh jeremy reasonberg Husenberg, who's is the points leader right now after eight rounds and in uh the, the driver's seat to win that uh storm lake honda crf 110 which i think we're all very impressed by because i don't think anyone in our groups ever led the points and uh he's done it pretty consistently and i, I thought of that because we he went with six red riders last week and it worked out pretty well with him so that's going to what be my theory is right now as well uh due to the fact the kind of the team i had in daytona opens up the value of those guys right in the middle, the, the upper top, uh, upper echelon of the red guys, uh, which pretty much is Colin Park and Cody Shock, which I've been bouncing around between the, uh, at least Colin Park every other round. And it seems like when I have Colin, he has his worst race. So I hope I'm not cursing him. And then Cody had a solid race last week. I think he's still a top 10 guy, possibly top eight. I could change him again at once how practice starts um, because I got Marshall Welton in the fourth spot and in the red guy. And I'm not really hundred percent positive, but he fit in the salary cap where I was kind of working, but I do believe in Nate Thrasher. I think he's a great value. I think he's going to come out guns, uh, guns a blazing Indy. I can see him getting a whole shot and just disappearing from everybody. He riding with some serious intensity as we saw at Daytona. We weren't even really paying attention after that first crash is. And all of a sudden I looked at a leaderboard and he was at eight. And then that's when he proceeded to go again and jump down on the jump over on the tough blocks. Uh, but I can definitely see Nate Thrasher pulling off the win this week and, and having a great value. So my two best values in the class right now, in Judy, I believe, are Thrasher and Park, at least for me, uh, due to who I have available. In the 4D class, uh, again, I, I've taken Justin Hill a couple times already just because he's been a good value in the middle there, even when he wasn't capable of really running top tens. But uh, due to the attrition rate, especially for this weekend, I think, again, as we spoke of earlier, that he's definitely a top 10 rider. Dean Wilson, 
I've been taking Dean pretty much every other week, just hoping he's thinking he's going to get a top 10 and he's been at that 11th place cusp, uh, which is brutal because his value is, is, is more towards a, 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 the getting that 10 point bonus. And when he doesn't, it becomes quite a kick in the nuts, but I think we're ready for Dino to get that top 10 in Indy, get that 10 point bonus. And then uh, to wrap out the, my, my hot field, hot guy is going to be Josh Hill. Josh has been riding better and better. Uh, he's become more consistent. There was a couple of rounds there. We didn't qualify. I think we were all pretty shocked by that because we know what a great rider Josh is, but uh, I think he's becoming more and more comfortable on the bike, as we've mentioned. And my final guy is uh, Chase Sexton being the third guy of the poet, a third guy between those top three guys of, of Tomac Webb and Sexton. I think we're due for a win by Chase this weekend. Uh, I know Webb's going to ride well, but um, Sexton's got to be kicking himself in the shorts for the last few weeks. He's kind of had the fastest time easily and then had kind of a struggling ride in Daytona where Barsha jumped on him a couple of times, crashed into him. I think we see Sexton rebound as well. So my team of Thrasher, Park, Shock, Welton, Sexton, Justin Hill, Wilson, and Josh Hill, where I'm going into Saturday. And I'm actually flying Arizona on Saturday. We'll be uh, landing in about time for the main event. So uh, I hope they got internet Wi-Fi on Southwest Airlines. <laughs> good luck with that and good luck good luck with that yeah because uh i agree with you actually that nate thrasher is is a great value so um you you have to take it there's a good chance he can win or get second place and he is sixth about sixth most expensive guy um and then you really i opened up a lot here in the 250 class by going for this trio of guys of owen hicks and miller and i i just i feel like feel good about all of them it's a hometown race for two of them Henry Miller's completely solid. So when the track's difficult, I have nothing but faith in him. So the Honda trio of those guys are going to be my 250 team. Um, I'm pretty, pretty set on that one, really. Like because of not having a guy like J Mart available um, at the top, and I'm not going to go all the way for the expense of Hunter Lawrence and um, or Max Anstey. And I don't believe in Deegan enough to, to waste that much money on him. So I'm pretty set on my 250 team. We're going to look at the 450 side. Um, I just actually realized as we were talking, I had enough money left in the bank to upgrade from Chase Sexton to Cooper Webb, which I think is really good because I think Cooper Webb is just so solid. He will be able to hopefully cut down in the corners. I'm a little worried because I, when I was looking for the terrain earlier, I saw they were building loader whoops, which is less likely to be jumped and more demanding. Um, so Cooper Webb, that might be a issue for him. But I'm I'm all good. He's this been is such a Cooper Web track. I honestly, I'd be calling him for the win this weekend. So, yeah, I'm in on Cooper Web. Um, it bothered me too much because I have Christian Craig available this week, which I think he's been one of the keys to fantasy this year. Really, is is hitting him on the weekends that you can get him and he gets the bonus. Um, and then I'm I'm really hoping Justin Hill can get in the top ten. And as my final 450 guy to be able to get somebody like Josh Hill, who I believe will be in the top 15 is really, really solid because a lot of times I'm struggling to get, and I'm getting guys that are, you know, somewhat borderline main event guys be somewhere between, you know, 16 to 22. So I'm, I'm super happy with that. The money I saved in the 250 class to be able to really kind of load up my 450 team where I think it's, it's really solid where two guys can hit the bonus and Cooper Webb can pull off a win. Hopefully and then I'll probably screw it all up on Saturday. Yeah, I, I'm just hoping out of the eight rounds we've had so far, I think I've only gotten all eight in maybe two or three times. Um, but that's the early season when you're trying to figure guys at, at bargains and stuff. But 
as every season they start wearing in, they know their spot on the track. They just kind of uh, are consistent. So at this point in time, we're just hoping to get a good value and be able to put some salary together to, to make it work. Um, yeah, I try and put out a cheat sheet each week, each Saturday, uh, prior to kind of shows a race by race for each rider. And then Saturday afternoon after race day live, I, I like to post one as well and send it out on the thread um, of, of each rider's qualifying spot. And, and usually that is the most disruptive thing you could possibly do because then then you start chasing, you start chasing those qualifying spots. And uh, let's be honest, nine times out of 10, one lap doesn't mean shit. <laughs> nine time, times of a hundred, be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, uh, just ask uh, AJ Catanzaro about that. Great qualifier doesn't always get it done in the races, but uh, hometown race room might be, turn out to be a good one. Thanks for everybody who taking the time to watch this. Uh, like we said, right off the hop, uh, if you need your suspension done and let's be honest, you need your suspension done race tech is the place to go to. They not only have amazing hats, but they also will get your bike feeling good uh, on, on the track as also getting some extra punch coming out of those corners because they also do engine work. And you don't only have to go to California. You can also look up a local dealer. You can go onto their website and find one for you. Checkers, last words from you, my friend. Oh, it's been fun. I look forward to smoking you guys in the draft game and starting to make up some of those points. The draft games are always super fun and I'm really stoked on my team. I just hope that they all can like stay healthy. That would be fantastic for them and me. Yes. hundred uh, percent agree. I dig the draft game. I did dig the draft process. Another great show tonight. Uh, always enjoy talking to both you guys, a couple of great friends, uh, fantasy motocross, motor extreme, 360.com. I wish you the best of luck. I hope your season's going much better than mine. And if you haven't started playing yet, jump on in Give yourself a chance for the Jersey. And uh, let's wish the best of luck to Checkers Brother Who's, who's uh, got a chance to win that Storm Lake Honda 110, which, uh, which I, I, I think we all get a chance to ride uh, when we see him out there at Riverside MX. <laughs> hey, Brad, one, one, one quick question before we go. Who was more wrong tonight, Troy Dog or Denny? Oh, Troy Dog by far. And that was like, and um, for the first time, Denny not being the most wrong on the show. Uh, not only, I think maybe he deserves that tro- that trophy more than Troy does. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, I safe to say that Troy was absolutely befuddled by those questions. Um, but uh, yeah, we like they they were quite difficult. If 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 you're not totally uh, uh, top of mind when thinking about uh, his particular uh, crew um, or. Uh, is it uh yeah he's a troy dog team or whatever it is squad troy dog squad uh, yeah troy dog yeah. squad um yeah. yeah uh easy to forget easy to uh um be absent-minded in a situation like that but you know what guys as soon as we wrangle up some sponsors for this thing i know exactly what we're gonna do is the three of us are gonna book an auditorium in a supercross location near you and instead of having a live youtube show it'll probably still be live on youtube but it'll be the three of us sitting on stage with some race tech swag being tossed out to the crowd and probably a uh a jeremy mcgrath jersey hanging up in the background and we're gonna get to do something like that we're gonna blow the entire advertising budget on that one show and it's gonna be lots of fun working towards that thank you so much for everyone for watching this if you're listening on the big mx radio podcast be sure to watch live eight o'clock every single thursday evening uh, as we look forward to the races that be we talk about them we proved any wrong and we're gonna do it all again in one week's time thanks again for watching